Cut and quote. You have once again defied Legion podcast. What? what? <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, had something in my throat. Hey, uh, Matt and Court, listen up, folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, look, uh, you're new to the network. I've left my messages. Uh, you've gotten emails, some of them late at night. I apologize for that. Are we even checking that box anymore? Yes, all the time, David. Really? Oh, okay. Let the man speak. He's going to just... All right, all right. Look, in fairness, maybe I drew first blood calling you garbage people. That did hurt. However truthful it was. Pull up your big boy podcaster pants. It's the fact that this show continues to wallow in the sewage of the podcasting pool. It's warm. That's who we are, though. It's friendly to us. I mean, have you looked at the movies you're covering? We watch them, Bo. They're just as bad as the show. I completely agree. I'm ruined. People love the show. We're doing really good. Look, you're right. And that is as confounding a thing as I have ever come across. Because people do, in fact, seem to be responding to the show. Now, it could be some rubbernecking let's see them drag the bodies from the wreckage kind of thing love a good accident i can't make that judgment i don't know the psychology of all this but i can tell you the numbers have been good yeah i thought you would be happy about that why are you more upset with us i just can't believe that something like this kind of show a show that revels in grindhouse in a way that is almost sophomore a show i might add that duncan mcleish has been on at least two times wait is that what it is buddy do you want to be on the show hey you okay champ you need to have a talk you can be on the show boat we didn't think you'd want to man we totally would love to have you on the show i mean gosh you guys i just listened to the show and i enjoy it so much and you never even asked oh well uh, we were a little intimidated by you especially after the garbage people thing buddy you could totally be on the show why don't we grab our baseball mitts and we'll go out back and throw the ball around Buddy. And then we'll have some hot chocolate and you can pick out a movie and we'll talk about any movie you want, okay? We could even have ice cream. Yeah, and marshmallows in the hot chocolate. Say, fellas, you mean it? Absolutely. Why don't we go throw a ball around in the backyard for a little bit and then we'll come back and take care of the movie. All right. Is it okay if we whistle when we go? Oh, we're going to whistle all right, all the way. I prefer to whistle in the dark myself, but we can whistle wherever. Wherever. All the way to the back. Make sure you get home safely. If you cross the road and a truck struck you I'll scrape you up and reconstruct you I'll cheer you up if you're depressed If you get murdered, I'll avenge your death Friends walk together Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence Would do well to cover their ears Right about now Disgusting, nasty, horrible, without any kind of merit. I just do not believe that any allegedly cultural activity which strikes at the roots of culture is to be applauded. They represent nothing to my mind enduring, decent, or worthwhile. I just do not believe that they contribute anything worthwhile to inflict themselves upon society at large. <laughs> Psyops with Hawk and Matt.
Hello and welcome to an extremely special episode of Cinema PsyOps. I am joined in the studio with a very disheveled looking Matt. How's it going? What am I not disheveled looking? Um, at your wedding because other people were responsible for your grooming. That is very true. <laughs> That's the that old... is a fact. Yeah, but I'm I'm actually a little bit concerned and a little bit upset that yeah. uh, you're you're not well groomed for this show. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I just assumed because you know. You're the only other motherfucker who can steam me. Well, what if I had the camera going for our very special guest who's hanging out with us tonight? Well, then he'd be fine. <laughs> you sure? I'm sure. He's well, you, fine. Your face would He's, break the camera. He anyway. sounds like he likes some scruffy looking. <laughs> well, who we're referring to is the Turk of our home podcast network, the host with the most at Hero Hero Ghost, our fearless leader of Legion who rocks the mic like a vandal, the master podcaster, Bo Ransdale. How's it going, buddy? Who you calling scruffy looking? <laughs> <laughs> He's saying that you like them scruffy looking is what he was conjecturing. Yeah. You nerf it's her. True. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, my perfect woman is uh, Sybil Danning from Howling 2. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> little hairy, little fangy. <laughs> little threesome going on in werewolf makeup. You I'm, know, I'm down. That I, the, the best part of that movie is there's a bald werewolf. <laughs> Not Christopher Lee slumming it and wearing 80s garb he's clearly uncomfortable in? No, I, I kind of love that. Um, <laughs> it, it's like seeing your mom find pornography that's not yours, so it's okay. <laughs> but it's like, oh, look, her expression is hilarious. Um, but thanks for having me. Uh, I ignored saying that to make my Star Wars joke. Um, <laughs> I have not discussed the movie before us uh in a public forum ever i don't think oh nice yeah this is the first appearance on a show for either of us for this film as well and i'm assuming matt never even heard of this movie i never even ever heard of this thing yeah. this so, movie is quite literally the fucking tits <laughs> the in tits. so many ways yeah <laughs> it is certainly a very lost gem of the very early 80s it's like a holdover from like late 70s monster movies and nature run amok films it's mixed together with like sleazy slashers that were about to come into the 80s and it just becomes this thing that is just so different than any other movie you'll ever watch there's two times yeah. in your life the time before you watched humanoids from the deep yes and then there's the time after and never the twain shall meet because <laughs> <laughs> you can't go back i mean it, it affects you in such a way there are moments watching this movie where you feel so deeply uncomfortable uh just as a human being like somebody paid money to put this on screen <laughs> I know. And then there's like a big finale and you're like, somebody paid to put this on screen and I want to <laughs> shake their damn hand. I'm so conflicted about this movie as an adult. Like as a kid, I, I really loved it. But uh, when I watch it now, there, there are parts of me that are like, man, I feel so bad. Like these poor actresses, God bless them. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, you know, that is quality 70s and 80s Bush. So there's so much, there's so much in this movie is what I'm saying. Instead of beating around that proverbial 70s and 80s bush, why don't we take a little break here? We'll play a promo for a podcast. We'll have a little bit of music and when we come back, the trailer, and we'll just get into the film. This is not a test. This is the Psychosemantic Podcast. Announcing the commencement of the annual purge sanctioned by the U.S. government. Weapons of Class 4 and lower have been authorized for use during the purge. All other weapons are restricted. Government officials of ranking 10 have been granted immunity from the purge and shall not be harmed. A few days. 
weeks ago I called the news the enemy of the people, and they are. They are the enemy of the people. We have Ben Jacobs, that's the Guardian century, the Senate voted on seven Supreme Court nominees during election years, and it approved all but one. So just to, just to put a button on this, are you doing it out 100%? Yeah. Are you crazy? Is that your problem? Politics, movies, political movies, the Psycho-Semantic Podcast better known as the psycho semantic cast he did what we all must learn to do you and you and you and you Listen to the Lillingtons and don't trust the humanoids. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's, just, uh, it's just best all around. Whenever you say humanoids, it reminds me of Bobby the Brain Heaton. Just because you miss him, or is there a specific thing? That no, he used to. that's what he used to call all the fans. He would say, these humanoids don't understand me. The hell with these humanoids. And now we do this movie like right after his death. Yeah. So it's just like, ah, oh, fuck. I wonder if that had anything to do with Bo's choice. Bo, were, were you a Bobby the Brain Heathen fan that you decided to go ahead and pick this film for that reason? Uh, I mean, clearly. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, like, I know so little about wrestling. And it's one of those things that happens uh, when you, you know, run a podcast network is that you see that there are a lot of shows that talk about wrestling a fair amount. There are a lot or, of podcasts about wrestling. It is pretty insane. Yeah, and I never knew it was that. Like, I, I was a child of the 80s, so I remember like Hulk Hogan and Iron Sheik and that kind of shit. Well, it all kind of depends, but where did you grow up? Like, what uh, I grew region? up in, in uh, Southeast. The Southeast? Oh, that's pretty amazing that you I, wouldn't be huge into it because the NWA yeah. ran hard in the 80s. Yeah. Well, it, there's that, and Turner broadcasted out yeah, of Atlanta, and that exactly. was all over the stuff. And like, that gave you Jim yeah. Crockett promotions with yeah. Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes. I'm yeah. surprised you're not like knee deep in it, but but I had seen a Clockwork Orange. Oh, <laughs> oh, well, yeah. There you go. Yeah, that, that would like, pretty much ruin it for you. Yeah, yeah. Right, like age 13 or so when I should have been into wrestling. That's what I saw, uh, and I then it was you. like, okay, well, that's that's a totally different path, but that's the one I'm going down. <laughs> Matt and I both watched it very young with our parents, pretty much. Like it, you know, like, like four or five. Not not, not Clockwork, Clockwork Orange, Orange wrestling. No, wrestling. Yeah, both of us had watched wrestling at a very young age, so that's how it got into us. I was more of a glow watcher though 
<laughs> but I was from the north, so I, I yeah. WWF got its you yeah. know talents into me early. Well, we had cable. We were like one of the earliest people on the mountain to have cable. But so. in, in 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 Pennsylvania, you or would also be a WWF guy. It was yeah. No, but if you were in the southeast to uh, probably all the way to about Louisiana, you were an NWA person, and and what then became WCW. Well, we watched AWA, NWA. AWA uh, was heavy in the yeah. north. That's yeah. And I, I really swear the only reason I got into WWF before AWA is I picked up a tape of WrestleMania. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, that's why a lot of people are into wrestling. But do you know why a lot of people got into humanoids from the deep? Uh, I'm willing to bet because it's fucking disgusting. Well, that and this radio spot. Hey. They began in the water. Dark, gliding shapes that violate every law of nature. They're not human, but they hunt human women. Not for killing, for mating. Humanoids from the deep. Starring Doug McClure, Anne Terkel, and Vic Morrow. Humanoids from the deep. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent. How would you not want to watch it if you didn't, if you heard that on the radio as a kid? Am I wrong? Although, full disclosure, every time I, I saw the name Doug McClure for like the main actor, I kept thinking about uh, Phil Hartman going, Hi, this is Troy McClure. Good reason for that. He's uh, one of the two actors they pattern Troy McClure. Really, after. I figured he looks just like Troy yep. McClure. I, I was like, I'm not wondering if this is not the guy who they like like drew him off of. Yeah, I think Doug McClure actually went after the Simpsons for that because he was saying they were ruining his good name. Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh wait, what? what? <laughs> he wishes he was in a musical version of Planet of the Apes. <laughs> I don't know how good of I a hate name every he chimp has. I see from chimpanzee <laughs> to chimpanzee. Yeah. <laughs> Troy McClure is like uh, one of the greatest things the Simpsons ever came up hi, with. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. And he's in everything including industrial <laughs> films. You yeah. might remember me from such safety films as Mr. Lightsocket and or Mr. Fork and Miss Lightsocket. Oh, let me just give you the joke from my notes. <laughs> Hi, I'm Doug McClure. You may remember me from such horror films as The House Where Evil Dwells and Manimal. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Manimal, the TV show? He was in Manimal. Oh, that was I, my jab. I was like a little, little kid and I was trying to write letters to the network for them to bring it back in crayon. On. No lie. <laughs> all right, all right. Let me let me let me give you a real litmus test. Do you remember a show called Phoenix? Uh, no, no, I don't. I probably have seen it, but I don't. Rem- the title doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, I, I only vaguely remember it, and I'm too lazy to look it up on the internet. And I just keep asking people about it. <laughs> no, but Manimal was totally my jam as a little kid. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. So much so that I'm terrified to even try and find it now because I know it probably sucked really bad. Oh well, yeah, it's got to be all over YouTube if you wanted to. That's, but yeah, why would you? Yeah, that's always the worry. I would prefer that it live in my warm and fuzzy memories of how I remember it being than actually realizing the harsh reality of what it is by watching it on video. Much like yeah. my sex life. <laughs> I mean, but this is why I've only watched seven minutes of the show Airwolf in the past thirty years. <laughs> oh, because I, know. I I started to. And I was like, oh, no, 
this is real bad. And I, that's not how I remember Airwolf because Airwolf is an awesome helicopter. And right. that's how it's going to stay. It's the same reason why I will never go back to Dukes of Hazard because I'm just going to live with the, the child view of, oh, just those good old Duke boys driving a car and getting away from the evil cops and trying to ignore the symbol of fucking racism that's on the hood of the fucking car. Well, actually. Oh, or the roof, I'm sorry. Or the hood. It's actually uh, pretty prominent that you actually brought up Airwolf. Airwolf is the reason why I have not gone back to find Manimal nor sledgehammer (laughs) because because i was like if airwolf was that awesome as a kid and it's this horrible as an adult i don't need to know what sledgehammer and manimal's gonna be like yeah Oh, Manimal's going down. <laughs> and, of course, yeah. and of course, same thing goes for Knight Rider, because I enjoyed Knight Rider as a kid, but there ain't no way I'm going back to it now, because I know for a fact that's going to be a horseshit. Of all the ones yeah. that we mentioned, though, that yeah. one will probably hold up the best. Hold up the best? Yeah. I kind of I want to watch that uh, episode where it's Kit versus the Kit truck. Oh, uh, evil <laughs> Kit. Yeah. Did they call it, like, that's Mitt? That's all right. <laughs> what did they call it Kit Mitt? or Mitt? I don't know. <laughs> Mitt. It sounds like something they would do in that show. I have no Mitt. Well, I, I just imagine make, him making a, a, an unsuccessful run for the presidency. Oh! Uh, <laughs> and seeming so much less evil by comparison these yeah. days. <laughs> yeah, right? Hmm, Michael, he seems so detached. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he has binders full of women. Literally binders full of them. <laughs> Um, but again, that seems so quaint now. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. That does that seem so innocent now? Yeah, binders right. instead of, you know, paying Russian hookers to pee on a bed for you. Yeah. Uh, which right. probably definitely most likely happened. <laughs> it's in a nope. dossier. Somebody didn't just come up with that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's a germaphobe. That's what the man says. I take him at his word. Yes, but urine is also sterile. So there is that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, Touche. This really took a heavy turn. Well, now, right. that, now that we're in this really uncomfortable, yeah, kind of queasy, goddamn show. relatively <laughs> sexual perfect. place, it's perfect yeah. to talk about we're, humanoids from the We're deep. now at the right energy for the show. Let's go. All right. So the movie opens with an underwater shot and then moves on to a travelogue montage of this small fishing town. As we get to the illustrious, and I'm using that term ironically, (laughs) Doug McClure, with his first expository dialogue being delivered, and that is our first clip. You know, it's almost not worth going out anymore, given the fact that the salmon all but disappeared. Hell, I'd be happy with a good tuna fish. Salmon. (laughs) Huh? Huh? Something else isn't scaring the fish. That'll do it for sure, huh, Tommy? (laughs) Hey, how's the beer, Deke? Oh, it's starting to, it's real good, Tommy. We're in for a big run. But don't shave that shaggy mess until we fill all our holes, okay? You got it. Morning, Hank. Hey, Jimbo. Perfect day, right? Well, damn near perfect. Hey, Johnny. You going out today? Jim, there ain't enough fish out there for me to pay for my gas. If you get that cannery, inside of two or three years, there ain't gonna be any fish at all. Well, canneries mean progress for times like ours. And progress means money. See, you and your people, you don't understand that. But I'll tell you one thing, you're not gonna stand in our way. That's what Custer said, Slattery. I know. You won the battle, but we won the war. All right, boys, let's kick ass. Lot of Sam out there with Slattery's name on it, let's go. I can just imagine the casting after listening to that clip. They're like, okay, for the character of Jim, we need an amiable lug, not really bright, kind of swarmy. Yeah. And then somebody goes, Doug McClure. They're like, perfect. Right. Boom. What's he doing these days? Oh, a lot of bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, he's 
he sounds drunk in that clip. Yeah, he totally does. Hey, what's happening, Johnny? <laughs> and salmon. Then, salmon. Yeah, get it? it's the salmon get it, line. Get it? I settled get for it. a tuna. <laughs> salmon. A tuna sandwich. Ah! Get it? I'm reminded of the scene from uh, Postcards from the Edge, which, of course, all horror fans have seen. Um, <laughs> but it's where Gene Hackman shows a clip of Meryl Streep, like, strung out on pills uh, on the set, and he goes, that's as good as it got, and it was never that good again. <laughs> and that's kind of how I feel this scene was with Doug McClure. It was like, that's that was 8.30, and by noon, we had nothing we could print. <laughs> well, I also think that the casting director was like, okay, so they're reading over the type of character that Vic Winter is playing. They're like, we need a guy who you look at him and he automatically just makes you want to punch him in the face. Then we need him to be overtly racist, but in a way that's almost charming in 1980, right? And then we need him to do a quick turnaround and then that punchable face needs to then be filled with feelings of redemption and wanting sure. to make up for everything that they've done. And they're like, well, let's just hire Vic Winter. We already know he can do that. <laughs> hey, can I wear a vest on this project? <laughs> I've got a little around the middle. <laughs> <laughs> How about a bubble jacket at all times to make me look a little bit skinnier than what I actually am? What about a man girdle? Is that going to be okay? As long as I keep it under the vest, I think we'll be all right. I like to play my man girdle close to the vest like my heart. This Who's is playing my wife? Could she be hotter? <laughs> Can we make her younger? And then they're like, well, we need to cast a Native American character. So mm. who is I the got... darkest shaded Italian we can get our hands mm. on? I got the perfect <laughs> white guy for the role. <laughs> Who's the darkest shaded Italian we can find? <laughs> it was 1980 yeah, it and it's Roger Corman Productions. <laughs> We're lucky he didn't get browned up with like boot uh, black or yeah, some yeah, shit right. before they brought him on set. All right, look, before we, we start really dunking on this movie because there are times <laughs> that's going to happen. <laughs> but let's point out like the music was done by James Horner uh, and uh, the, the special effects are Steve Johnson who did a number of films like Return of the Living Dead 3 is one and... Uh, couple of other like higher profile but ran his own special effects company for a while as well he did and, a lot of the effects uh in saving private ryan a lot of the effects on d-day they hired so many people but he was one of the more prominently used ones i remember seeing a fango article about him uh yeah so and we'll talk about the effects when it comes up but they're really pretty great at times for a low budget corman film this is probably the higher end effects that you get outside of like the post cycle that he did i would totally agree with that yeah but uh uh, yeah, so you're right, though. Like, there are all these things about it that are kind of quality. And then, like you said, it's let's find the, you know, darkest skinned Italian for a Native American guy. It's like, God, there's so much wrongheaded about this movie, but there's so much that's so right. I'm giving this movie a pass for that. I'm just having a little bit of fun with it because it's more the times than the movie itself. Uh, as far as the racial undertones and the societal messages that are implanted into this film, it's definitely a step above other films of its time. It does have that stuff in there, and I will be digging into that a good bit but it's set up right here in the clip you hear the white guy just basically getting down and talking shit and everything that he says about the native american throughout the film actually applies to him so much like in gross point blank which i'm sure every horror fan is also seen, well, of course sure sure who you really want to hit here pal yeah yeah who are you really angry yeah, at? yeah right because this us 
between you and yeah, Johnny yeah. Eagle doesn't exist. There's no, this is a we don't exist. There is no us there, and he's always at Johnny Eagle. But everything he accuses Johnny Eagle of, we openly see him doing. All right. So after this clip, they all head out, and then we actually see a couple of fishermen working to try and drag in a large hall that's in a net when yeah. the son Jackie would rather read his comic books than shittiest kid ever yep. and reel in the day's God, catch. God damn. He's not wrong. No, he's a pretty shitty kid. That's true. Although I haven't gas up the crane, man. I have to admit if my choice is work with my dad on the boat uh, or read the latest X-Men or whatever. Try, try Punisher. to catch no salmon whatsoever, apparently. Yeah. When you can't really catch anything anyway, like what's the point? Yeah, and your dad's talking about his scratchy beard being the good <laughs> Luck charm. Yeah, the nihilist in me is going, Jackie's got it all figured out. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I'm with you to a point, but if you got to be on the boat, like clearly his dad's making him, you know, uh, then just pull your weight, man. I mean, you can still read your comic book. Just fill up the you know what, though, I feel like we're being unfair to this kid. It doesn't seem like anybody on this boat really does their job all that well. But yeah, I'm saying I mean, what, what's coming up here, really no one does their job on this boat very well. I'm thinking at least for this particular vessel, yeah. the SS fuck ups. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much it. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, the boat's dilapidated anyway, thanks to the dad who apparently runs the boat, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. I think he's the captain. Yeah, so he's the captain. The, the ca Either that or the captain's drunk under, like, oh, below yeah. deck. Oh, my God. He's well, the first mate carrying the weight. It's all bad. Listen, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's the SS fuck-ups. It's the SS fuck-ups. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, like, so they've got something in the net. You know, it's a real tease of a scene of, like, the thing kind of clawing and whatnot. And immediately I think, like, oh, the taxidermist going to have a heart attack when he sees what I brung him. <laughs> All I could keep thinking was, man, these guys are making like Gilligan and the Skipper look competent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're all drunk, including the kid. Yeah. <laughs> He's drunk on comics at oh, least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's high on on popular culture. He and is news high. He's high on comics and methamphetamines, because yeah. let's face it, this is the kind of town where methamphetamines, it's going to work. Oh, the teen pregnancy in this town <laughs> is an epidemic. Yeah. <laughs> and that's before the fish rape uh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Like most of these humanoids are kind of, you know, going where someone's gone before. Yeah, It's well-charted waters most, is what they're swimming in. God it's... bless Peggy for keeping her legs together in this town. <laughs> most of the humanoids are kind of like, wait, I thought you said you're a virgin. <laughs> right. Well, I didn't mean that way. I mean, when, <laughs> it, when it comes to fishmen, apparently. Well, there's Adam, but he doesn't count. Doesn't count. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Jackie gets scolded as he's not reeling in the fish in time and he's not doing his job with the net and we do see that what Bo had mentioned earlier the creature hand in the net they cut back and forth with this as they're kind of fighting to get it out of the water and they think they've got a good haul of fish when it turns out they just have a good haul of fish raper if you will yeah both of the men that think that they have quite the haul are getting very frustrated and it turns out that the motor was not filled up with gas which then it runs out of gas and then dad scolds this Jackie child even more. Yeah. And so Jackie being the spawn of complete and utter fuck ups goes to fill up the gas tank with the gas can and he's being told he needs to do it on double time now and they're cutting back to the creature arm fighting to get out. Some of the music sounds a little bit like a psycho ripoff scare chord cue to me but we're going to see that happening like just another year or so later with more of the Friday the 13th stuff too. Yeah. You know I mean. That's not all that unheard of. Yeah. If you got a music cue that 
it works, just run with it. And there's a couple of times where the humanoids are underwater where I heard that. I'm like, wait, Norman Bates? What's he doing? Swimming in mom's (laughs) bathing suit there? What's going on? But it's not as obvious as, say, like Reanimator, which is just the score to Psycho backwards. (laughs) But it still works. Yeah, no, it's great. Don't get me wrong. But it's like so obviously ripping it off because it is that score literally being played backwards. But all right, so the shitty kid spills gas on the boat and then goes over the side like a doofus. Does he he falls over slipping on the gas that he just spilled trying to run over to help them, right? No, right. They do everything but play like the no, xylophones. No, the guy, as the guy who falls comes later. Well, no, the kid goes in and because the humanoid grabs the kid. Yeah. yeah. But he doesn't fall over. He is actually leaning out of the boat to try to help pull that thing out. Well, he, he has a hold of the net and they do the thing from Jaws where the guy gets his hand ripped from the rope from the net. Yeah. And then the kid goes over there. And then that's when the humanoid starts ripping up the kid and I immediately love this movie right from there. I know. I'm like, ah! Right. That's what, the first thing I thought when I saw that when all the blood was poured out of the water, I'm like, well, Court's favorite movie. Here we go. <laughs> They're killing kids. That's the thing you gotta love about these creature features. They give zero fucks about whether or not yeah. the horror movie rules should be obeyed for killing children and animals. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, oh, like yeah. When, this one this one definitely goes ahead and, and decides, decides, decides to go fuck you if you're living, you're dead. Exactly. Only surpassed by the uh, squid eating the baby out of a stroller scene from tentacles yes i have never seen that it is an mst3k film is it yeah nice it's it's, oh it's so good it's glorious (laughs) they cut it down in the mst3k version but he's absolutely right that's just absolutely amazing so kids in the water getting uh, cut up by the humanoid and so then the captain sees like all the commotion we did mention that the kid's being a complete idiot and ends up dropping the gasoline without putting the cap back on and it's all over the boat huge deal yeah. Right. And, you know, I mean, again, you don't want to see the death of a child, but, you know, Jackie was, we didn't, we didn't lose the cure for cancer. Okay. <laughs> and, and with somebody like Jackie going, really, we're just genetically improving the world in general really, for human we're beings. We're thinning the herd a bit here. Yeah. It's, it's like Darwin, you know, yeah. Darwin award yeah, time yeah. for Jackie. It's a good thing. Quite, and then, and then the next guy is coming. <laughs> quite literally, we're getting ready to clear the herd a lot here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> I don't mean to body shame Jackie. Anyway, so <laughs> so the captain is like, hey, I'll send up a flare for help, which given the fact that there is now gasoline on the deck, you know, it blows everything up. Well, what ends and, up happening there that causes that, though, is he gets the he gets the shell loaded. He gets ready to go and he runs out to try and fire it in the air, you know, out from underneath the cover of the, the captain's lair there in the boat. And he slips on the gasoline that Jackie left yeah. behind. And, and then, then when the, he falls, the flare gun, the flare gun goes, goes off because he's probably holding on to the trigger yeah. as he falls. And then God damn it, Jackie. <laughs> and the best part about that is there is not enough gasoline in any boat to cause an explosion that no. fucking glorious. And they clearly liked it because they cut to multiple angles of the same explosion happening several yeah. times, like a Jean-Claude Van Damme kicking somebody in the face shot. <laughs> It's like, house. it's like three or four different angles of the exact same shot, and it's glorious and an amazing explosion. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look, in those days, th- this ain't no CGI boat. This was an honest good to goodness boat somebody bought and blew up. And I respect that, especially in a Roger Corman film. Yeah. Like every now and again, you'll get a good car explosion or wreck or something. And uh, and this has some good again, this higher end of production for Corman. There there were some really good moments. It's definitely the higher end of production for like Corman's films that he is the producer on. I know that he directed some parts of this and redid it, and we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, 
But the stuff that he usually ends up producing, he just like, here's a bunch of money, go make this for under this amount of money. And as long as I get a return on my investment, you'll get to make another one. Yeah. And he always did the pre-sale stuff or based on a poster and all of that kind of shit. So he didn't really care what kind of movie he was getting as long as it was sellable. And (laughs) it was very rare that he would interfere with a film for whatever reason. And it's usually because it wasn't commercial enough. Yeah. Which is the reason why this film got tampered with a little bit. And I even have that in my notes about how amazing the fireball is and uh for the budget i was actually pretty uh surprised that they had such a great explosion yeah and of course once the explosion happens doug mcclure sees it and is like you know to the rescue (laughs) and by rescue you mean he has his brother call the national guard and hangs back and does nothing hi Yeah, well, that'd be <laughs> silly. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You remember me from other boat explosions as just five minutes ago. And speaking of the illustrious Doug McClure, that leads us to our next clip. Boats don't just blow up for no reason at all, Jim. A bucko leaked oil like a sieve, Hank. Which would make it damned easy to rig an explosion. Big companies don't like to settle in a town where things like this keep happening. And there's some around here don't want a cannery. Well, what do you mean by that, Hank? Do you think Johnny's involved in this? Talk about actors who sound like they're inebriated, for Christ's sakes, right? <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go back on duty. I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> that- the, the line producer gave me something called quaaludes. <laughs> <laughs> Never had them, but I've been munching these like Tic Tacs since about four o'clock. Apparently, I was just too high strung to play a small town cop. And it's yeah. it- it didn't make it into the clip because the baby starts crying and I would rather rupture my own goddamn eardrums than listen to a baby cry any longer than I have to. Thank you. Yeah. But during that scene, the sheriff does kind of imply, as you hear Jim's wife mention, are you saying that you think Johnny Eagle's responsible for this to try and close down the cannery? And then that's when Doug McClure's character gets sort of high and mighty and is like, he wouldn't do that. That's not what happened. And you can't just blame Johnny. Something else is going on. And that's the whole time the baby's crying. So I'm like, fuck that. I'm just going to cut it out and say what happened. <laughs> yeah, right. Good, good thinking. Yeah, because goddamn fucking babies. Ugh. Right. Word. <laughs> All right. So they let the dog out because the dog is also freaking out and wanting to go outside and see what's going on. And it goes snuffing about because it thinks it smells some really good clam chowder with the humanoids running around dropping goo everywhere, both figuratively and literally. Well, I mean, much like the kid earlier, as soon as this dog goes humanoid hunting, you're like, well, that dog's about to get got. In my notes, I wrote, it goes looking for trouble before you even really know what's going on. Digging into the stuff, it finds the goop and it just basically starts sniffing down this trail of whatever drippings are coming off of this humanoid thing and then it runs smack right into the creature and you watch it get ripped apart violently now if you were an animal lover that's a much harder scene to watch than a kid get ripped up pretty pretty much that's the hardest scene you're gonna watch all movie congrats <laughs> yeah if you're an animal lover watching that dog get ripped up was and it wasn't even that graphic i've seen no. far worse and many more nature amongst it's just films. violent it yeah. just seemed violent yeah these humanoids are assholes. Yeah, man. They're being major dicks. <laughs> They're extremely but, aggressive. Like, I, I forgive them this because of what happened with Jackie. Like, they won me over a little bit there. So the dog, uh, like, I'm I'm not quite to the point where I see them as villains yet. I love how all of us are upset yeah. that a dog gets <laughs> murdered, but a fucking stupid kid goes overboard and gets munched on, and we're all like, yeah, that's well, fine. Well, if that little bastard would have filled up the uh, tank, none of this would have happened. All right, next question. If yeah. the baby were to get snatched by a humanoid and eaten right there as violently as the dog, would you have all still been in? Is it crying? Yes. 
Yes, no, oh. I'm in. I'm in. I'm definitely in. <laughs> yeah. And it stops 100%. crying. It stops crying after the first bite. Like you hear bones breaking and cracking like like it was see, raw head how long, more, two more, how long have I been stops. How long have I been listening to it crying before this? As long as it's happening in the movie, she goes and takes it into the other room, yeah. sets it down, gets frustrated, walks into the bathroom, smashing glass, baby screaming. Oh my god. So we're talking about five minutes of straight baby crying. How the baby crying was happening, yes, and then it's she a, goes into another room. Okay, so five straight so we're talking about eight or nine minutes of baby crying with my headphones in and that baby crying I'm all in and I'd probably nominate this movie for an Oscar for greatest fucking moment ever less than 15 seconds and I want to hear the baby die <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see it happen Ooh, that's uh, I'll kick a baby I don't yeah. care <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it every week I don't care <laughs> All right, so the, <laughs> the following day, the lady of the home goes looking for the dog. And Who, in my notes, her name is Scrawny. I still <laughs> don't know his wife's name. She's referred to as Jim's wife, Mrs. McClure, and the lady of the home in my notes. Hey, that's, listen. That's how little of an impact that she had. I think her name is Carol, but I ladies, can't remember. Ladies don't need a name in the McClure household. <laughs> She's Mrs. Doug McClure, if anyone's asking, and you let me know who is. But then again, all ladies are Mrs. Doug McClure, whether they want to be or not. Right. <laughs> all right, so as she goes poking around looking for the dog, she peeks into the doghouse looking for her puppy, and we get an honest-to-goodness cat scare that actually makes sense and works. It's not some ancient fucking dust-covered yeah, cabinet. Like, it really fucking works. That they open up and a cat is mysteriously there for some reason. It's not a cat being launched at them from a cannon across the room like you get in a lot of Euro films. Yeah, right. I'm really impressed. It's a cat hiding out in a doghouse, probably trying to hide from being chased. But they'll all do that. They'll take a dog yeah. spot. Yeah, they'll do that. It totally Cats makes are assholes. sense. This is the first cat scare that actually works that I can recall. Well, congratulations. Good work, humanoids from Great. the deep. Well you, done, humanoids. Yeah. <laughs> See, not, not many shows will focus in on whether or not a cat scare yeah. works and makes sense. That's the only kind of coverage you get with Cinema Psyops. <laughs> that and really filth. Yes. Lots of filth. A lot of garbage. A lot of garbage shit. Oh, it's lot, coming. A lot, <laughs> lot of being happy about kids dying and shit. And dying in shit. Yeah. yeah I'm happy right, for yeah. that, too. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Jim and the missus examine the slime-covered trash, and then they start following that like the dog did, and we're starting to get this inclination that maybe Doug McClure didn't get paid enough and we'll be exiting the movie a lot sooner than we thought. They're calling out the dog's name as they're doing this all the way, giving echo locations, and they're heading deeper and deeper into the woods. They cut away from this to a bunch of drunkards unloading a truck full of beer, and I'm thinking to myself, this is exactly where Matt would want to be. What? what? <laughs> minus the seaside town. Yeah. Hey, what are you boys doing us, with my truck? <laughs> it minus out all those other guys, just me and the beer. That's where I want to be. You and a bedload of beer. Beer? Yes. There was like a hundred cases of beer. <laughs> yeah. And what are you saying? <laughs> That would last you half an afternoon. <laughs> oh, it all, but it, was like, it all depends if the Packers are playing or not. But yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it's like one of those weirdo like 70s distributions where they're like eight packs, you <laughs> yeah. know? And they look like, smaller, like smaller kids. It's the pony bottle bullshit oh, that they yeah. used to do in the late 70s. That's fucked up. All you're going to yeah. do all you're gonna do is make somebody buy more of the packaging and throw more of it yeah. into the river to make more Native Americans cry. Yeah. And more humanoids. Wait, okay. Wait, are you trying to sell me on the beer or 
tell me not to buy the beer? It depends upon how deplorable of a human being you are. Okay, so you're trying to sell me on the beer. <laughs> exactly, because I'm right there with yeah. you. Yeah. God, who doesn't want to make people cry? <laughs> Man, I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna open a portal to hell after the show. <laughs> Let's burn it all down. That's actually how we record, Bo. We record yeah. on Hellfire. We yeah. have to have the portal open at all times. But I'm still safe. God still loves me. Unlike you two assholes. <laughs> oh fuck off. <laughs> Fuck your God. <laughs> well, see, it's Whoa. that kind of talk that makes him not really like you. <laughs> also, not a thing. <laughs> not real. <laughs> All right, so they cut from this to the hunt for the dog Baron. Notice I know the dog's name, but not Mrs. McClure. <laughs> <laughs> that dog's, we're closer to that dog than we are to George's I'm wife. legitimately heartbroken of Baron's death. I, I really am. Also, also kind of more of a character. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly the best actor in the film so far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that, only acting across that dog if it's dead. <laughs> that dog showed me up. Time to write him out of the script. All right, so they're led to the shore trying to follow this slimy, stinky stuff, and that's when they find the dog carcass, which is all intertwined with a bunch of seaweed and some other things, which will make more sense later, but it looks an awful lot sort of like a nesting or some kind of storage facility, much like a bear will bury its kill to keep the meat fresh and come back later. But it's a humanoid version. Yeah. That's the way I'm looking at it. And you don't usually see that kind of activity outside of San Francisco for bears. Oh, or, you bet uh, the animal. I'm sorry. <laughs> My like apologies. A, a prophecy scenario, maybe? <laughs> Inside out bear? Yeah. <laughs> what about Which, man pig bear? Uh, man bear pig. Man bear pig. There you go. Uh, it's totally cereal. Yeah. The, so, uh, yeah, I, sorry. You mentioned the, the monster monster bears i get distracted yeah should have should have been more of that in this um but honestly are the humanoids just the bears of the lagoon (laughs) um but uh what what i like about the dog thing is that it reinforces kind of how nasty this movie is and also the hard cut from that to a sexy lady preparing for bed yeah it worked for me i mean no no i'm not supposed to be into that i'm not a serial killer Will you at least not maintain eye contact with me while you're touching yourself? What, thinking about the lady covered in dead dog parts? Yeah. Is that bad? Necromantic 3. Bow, wow, wow. Yippee, yo, yippee, dead. (laughs) Got dead dog fucking in the house. Is that anything like Necromantic 2, Electric Boogaloo? They cut from this to the drunkards are hitting the docks and find several dead dogs after we see the other dead dog carcass. We now see a bunch of other ones, much to their chagrin. Now, these look like very well-behaved dogs playing dead with guts on them because they were very realistic-looking dogs. Now, the other dog carcass was pretty good-looking for the 80s and being sculpted and wrapped in seaweed, but it was very clearly an effect. These other dead dogs look like trained dogs that just lay there playing dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, because they're very good boys. Very, very good boys. Yes, good boys. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Once again, mean, probably the best actors in the movie. Exactly. That's what I'm getting at here. The dogs are fucking amazing. <laughs> Well, they speculate that the reason why their dogs are dead, but the Native American's dog is still left alive, and that has to have something to do with the fact that, you know, he's a Native American. Yeah. That's, that's that's the only thing that they need. He's a yeah. slightly different shade of well, pigment. Well, he did also threaten that he'd find a way to make sure that the companies wouldn't be here. Okay, so let's follow this logic, right? But I'm not I'm not saying they're not racist. They're definitely racist. Right, but let's, yeah. fo- let's follow their logic here, right? Our dogs are dead. His dog is alive. He's 
a darker shade than us must have been him. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. Might not have anything to do with the fact that all of their dogs were still on the docks and his dog was on land and then came back to the docks. Good. Yeah. I had nothing know. to do with that. No. The the only defense I could logically mount here is that maybe they thought he was a skinwalker <laughs> and you can't fuck around with that shit. Like you take one out. <laughs> right. But what's the likelihood of these town of racist assholes on the docks wanting to learn enough about this man's culture to know about a skinwalker and then be afraid of it? Maybe that's how they found out. I don't know. <laughs> it's a backstory that's not fully explored. <laughs> However, I don't know. Shut up. (laughs) However, you have me intrigued. Um, You know, give me a New England town with fishermen. One of them happens to be Native American and is a skinwalker. He's doing better than everybody else. And weird things start happening. We got a movie. (laughs) That movie, The Manitou. Ah. (laughs) Isn't that the one where the thing comes out of what's her name's back? Yeah, a, a giant cyst on her neck. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is it? It's terrible. <laughs> the movie's terrible, or the cyst is terrible. All of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Well, they cut from this to what I refer to in my notes as stalker vision. I will accept also fisho vision. Okay. <laughs> I call it stalker vision because, you know, depending upon what they're looking for, they're not going to kill. They're, you know, just stalking prey of some sort. They're just licking, man. Ain't no problem with licking. Ain't no harm. And we see a (laughs) young woman in lingerie brushing her hair out in a very large bay window. Now, not since the late 70s and early 80s have we seen someone so adamantly brush their hair in all directions to get it to stand out in all directions yeah. as much as they possibly can. But hey, man, wait, the times were. <laughs> Put your hair Why, as you, big as possible like cra- a satellite dish. Crazy times back yeah. then, man, crazy. Why they had to use a bay window so you could get all the hair. <laughs> Yeah, which is really interesting. Why would you put your bathroom in a room that has a giant bay window door on it that isn't even really latched at the side door of your house? Do you need that much sunlight in your bathroom? I feel like she built this house herself. (laughs) And... There's no question she's a bit of an exhibitionist. <laughs> it reminds me like at a Sims house when you get really, really drunk during a Sims game and you just start throwing shit together, like not caring. Even though the stalker vision makes us all a little uncomfortable, I'm still going to say that this scene is a thank you movie because the lingerie is looking good. The, the teased out hair and it's all of its 80s glory. She's looking good. So I'm, I'm happy. I don't really feel uncomfortable yet. You know, this is more peeping Tom stalker vision. So yeah, right. It, it, not till we get to the beach or do things get a little icky but yeah this is just good old-fashioned like hey here's a little cheesecake for you fellas (laughs) exactly or the ladies that are into the ladies but if you like the look of a lady in lingerie brushing her hair this scene's for you champ cheers for you (laughs) yeah notably directed or largely directed by a female director you know it's Just like uh, Amy Holden Jones doing uh, all of the <laughs> Slumber Party Massacre. Yeah, movies, right. Or at least the first two. <laughs> right. But, you know, it it does take a bit of the curse off of it a little bit. That's like, all right, well, you know, she knew what she was doing. Sure. sure <laughs> she was wearing a short skirt when she directed this. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. God Sorry. damn, dude. Damn. That's awful. Holy awful. shit. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a little much even for this show, Bo. Yeah. Let's, Sorry. Let's Sorry. tone it down. <laughs> We're only rated garbage people plus 14. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know. All, all I'm saying is it's staying in. I'm not taking it out. <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying is that's probably going to be a clip somewhere down the line. <laughs> we may you use know, that, yeah. Sometimes the joke supersedes any rational thought. And... <laughs> Uh, so sorry, <laughs> but yes, uh, a sexy lady doing sexy things as she prepares for uh, uh, for bed for sexy and times. For, certainly, yeah, sexy times she, are to be expected. I think she was actually hoping that her bow that is supposed to be showing up significantly earlier than what he does. I think is what she was preparing for, but she's expecting to be going out after this. I think they were looking for a little, uh, you know, preemptive nookie before they go right. out to the dance, which pre-game show. Yeah. yeah, which would make dancing significantly more uncomfortable for our, all parties after their hips are already worn out. <laughs> Just saying. Is it because her hips don't lie? Yes. Okay. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Well, she hears a noise while she's brushing her hair. She goes inspecting it and then loosely throws a robe over her body. It's just kind of there, but she's still leaving everything hanging out. The robe's just kind of there to knock stuff over and get in her way. So, good looking out there, movie. Thanks for keeping that going. Good job, movie. She's moving around her home and scaring the shit out of herself by knocking something from her laundry to the floor, and then she ends up making her way into the kitchen, and then she scares herself once again by somehow tipping a pan over in the sink. And if you look, the actress clearly does it on purpose. Yeah, but you you a clumsy, clumsy, clumsy person. Yeah, and then she gives herself a hell of a jump scare there. And then the thing that really worked for me is after she calms down from the pan hitting the sink and scaring the shit out of her, the phone rings and she jumps. And then she answers the phone and she talks to her friend. She gets calmed down just a little bit. Then we see the stalker camera going around to that door we were talking about earlier. And it's mostly open on that side door there. She arms herself with a meat fork and is startled by her boyfriend who is showing up late. And that leads us to our next clip. How are you doing? You asshole. The back door was locked. I thought I'd come in the side door. You know, you could have been stabbed. Well, if you'd have done that, uh, we couldn't do this. Um, you know what? I think I'm just a little too scared. Besides, Tom and Linda are going to be here any minute now. You know what I mean? Hey, the mayor. Hi, hi, Jim. Carol. Hi, seeing you. Hey, when are we going to get some duck hunting in, young fella? I just lost my dog. Oh, Oh, sorry. Where's your husband? Knows him and the boys took off 20 minutes ago. Hi, Daddy. Hi, Jen. Have you been drinking? Sure, I've been drinking. <laughs> Come on, woman. Come on, or we'll miss the dancing. Come yeah, on. and the beer. Oh, <laughs> hell with the beer. Hey, what's this, Jim? Yep. You remembered. All right. Thanks, folks. Thanks. Now, before Joe Williams and her Whitewater boys get going again, I want to introduce you to some very important visitors to this year's festival. From Canco Incorporated, their president, Mr. Charles Borden, and his special assistant, Mr. James Edwards, and their associate, Dr. Susan Drake. Thanks, folks. Really. Here comes the pitch. Now, before the fun starts, I just want to say that we at Canco are 100% behind you and your town, and we're here tonight to promise you that our cannery will be the best thing to happen here since God made the river and the ocean. And while we're at it, I'm going to make you another promise. You'll 
bring jobs to Noyo, and you may not believe this, but we're actually going to increase the catch. Dr. Susan Drake here, great little scientist, has been conducting research at our labs upstream for the last seven years, and she says now that they've got the handle on how to make salmon grow bigger, faster, and twice as plentiful. That's news we'd like to hear. That's news we can really celebrate. So, Joe, strike up the band. Let's have some great dancing and enjoy ourselves at this year's festival. Thank you so much. Well, from what I hear, we should be thanking you for the work you're doing. Jim tells me it's going to be taking you for a little pleasure fishing. Yeah, I picked out a rod and reel for you tomorrow. Sweet of you. Hey, Jimbo, what do you think about this gal? You do great things, huh? I'll believe it when I see it. You'll see it. Now, during this, we get to see the really horrid dancing of white Anglo-Saxon persons or wasps. And also their horrible music. Yeah, yeah. The culture of this town is probably something that probably could die out. Well, I think it already did. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember that meme from ages and ages ago where it was like, this is the future that liberals want? Yes. This is the future that the right wing wants. Uh, It it (laughs) really does. (laughs) <laughs> used to be yep uh, there's a we whole keep them american indians up in the hills where they belong <laughs> we want... don't like the looks of their dogs <laughs> we want it fair and square but we don't want anybody else in here all right so during this whole dancing and all of that kind of stuff we actually heard it in the clip but i'm gonna call him troy mcclure by accident but doug mcclure's character <laughs> of jim actually goes all flirty flirty and starts talking down to the doctor just because she's female and he's doing this in front of his wife he even gets kind of swarmy and starts hitting on the lady with his wife right there but you know everyone treats this lady the 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 scientist like lastly we got a real pretty little scientist here you know where they're introducing her and i was like fuck you (laughs) but to the movie's credit the scientist calls all of them out for their misogynistic bullshit she does i I was just like, yeah. but, but you called him out first. I'm like, yeah. it was set up way before. Even her boss is like, well, we just got the prettiest little scientist here. And I'm like, oh, you fuck you, <laughs> you shithead. Yeah, I know. The whole town is like that. And am I wrong? Or does she look like the lady from Tentacles that was the partner of the, she does. the sea captain and guy that, that takes it, on the thing? I thought she looked familiar. Yeah. I've ne- I don't, but I think she just looks like somebody I've seen before. They have the same like cheekbones and everything. And I wanted to look it up, I've, but I didn't take the time. I've so. never seen tentacles but i mean other stuff i've i think i've seen her before but i once again i think she just has that face <laughs> you've never seen tentacles i've never seen tentacles clearly you're not a fan of hentai <laughs> <laughs> well that's what brought me to the movie but <laughs> i walked away from it really a fan of squids in general <laughs> and and you know quite frankly dolphins uh but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and her name is Anne Turkel, which I hadn't heard pronounced until the radio spot you played, because I thought it was Anne Turkel. Oh, <laughs> who knows that the radio guy got it right? Let's just call him Turkel. <laughs> call her Turkel. I don't care. <laughs> right. Yeah, but it's probably like her name is Turkel. But, you know, like when the, the her press agent went, went out was like, no, it's Turkel. <laughs> it's not. Can we anglicize yeah. that pronunciation a little bit there? Hey, can right. We, uh, hey, uh, not to say nothing, but can we wait? that up a little bit please it's uh it's not lucio fulci it's lewis fuller 
<laughs> That's not how it's spelled. It's pronounced Lewis Fuller. Lewis Fuller. Just write up Lewis Fuller, please. <laughs> All right. It, this is kind of a, a, a trope of this era of cinema as well, is the the woman that all the older people, older white dudes discount. And, you know, she is, in fact, the one who knows what's going on and all that stuff. And 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 so this is a good example of a very common character in a lot of these movies at this time, because this is the age of women's lib and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that found its way in, into this film, uh, much like the environmental stuff does. I even have it in my notes. My next note, we already kind of talked about it, but it says behavior from the men towards the women in this town, particularly with Dr. Drake, is very disgusting, complete with Doug McClure's character of Jim. I fucking the hell out of Dr. Drake with his wife watching. <laughs> not cool. That's in my notes. Not, not cool. Not cool. <laughs> uh, find it remarkable that you chose not to wear a bra. Of course, I don't mean that sexually. You understand, honey. I just <laughs> noticed. Is it, uh, is it fashionable for women with PhDs that are very, very intelligent to walk around town with their faces uncovered? PhD stands for pretty hot for my dick, doesn't it? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh. Just uh, getting dark. <laughs> yeah, anytime this he brings is, up that small subject. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Motherfucker. All right, so they cut from this to the covered bed of the truck as we see the couple from earlier, and the man is trying to pressure the girl into some sex. And this is that Peggy girl we were talking about who's doing a very good job of not becoming the statistic of teen pregnancy in this town. Because let's yeah. face it, small town America, that's what happens. But, oh boy, seeing a couple in the back of a, a pickup truck uh, brought back a lot of memories. <laughs> the first time I saw this movie when I was a kid. Uh, mostly, because that never happened to me. That seemed like a terrible place. You know how hot that would be? Well, how not, uncomfortable? Not to, mention, not to mention the fact that there's no blanket. It's just the flat bed of the truck with nothing else back there. Not right, even she's going to get tetanus. Not even a fucking mattress. Not a... not. Man, he, did, he didn't dude, even bother bringing a whitewater raft and blowing it up in the back of that thing like Mike Coffee yeah, from, I agree. from Clowns from Outer Space. Tetanus, man, that's one way she's going to get locked, y'all. <laughs> Right, right. He's going under the bra. She's getting log jaw. <laughs> and it's the only reason she's not telling him no is because she can't move their mouth. Because <laughs> she's got lockjaw from the tetanus. Oh, man, that seems like a frat boy's excuse. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Well, they cut from this after the guy starts to get a little forceful about wanting the sex, but not too bad. Just enough, like, like just enough that a judge would say boys will be boys. Kind of, kind of like a John Hughes forceful, not like a last house on the left forceful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Also, right, before you, you jump ahead, to take a very short step back, we're also talking about the Salmon Festival here, uh, or as Doug McClure would say, the Salmon Festival. The Tuna uh, Salmon Festival. The, the, the festival, everybody. Salmon Festival. <laughs> uh, but that sounds like the worst festival ever. You know what that would smell like? Just a bunch of salmon laying around? Yeah, sounds I, like a great festival, pal. <laughs> right. I don't know what you're talking Ooh. about, friend, but I love that smell. <laughs> the Salmon Festival, I'm assuming, has something to do with it's their harvest time, and this town works with the sea because it is a seafaring town. Yeah. So, uh, 
it would be like a harvest festival where you would burn Edward Woodward and your wicker man to get the best harvest <laughs> possible. For that doesn't season. happen at every fall festival, man. I keep telling you. Stop trying to make that a thing. It's totally a thing. <laughs> or you could have one of them fog festivals where you light a bunch of candles and then a bunch of pirate ghosts kill you. Oh, that and sounds they like were lepers. Too. That's still not a thing. It's a thing. <sighs> Damn it, David. Thank you. Thanks, David. Thank you, David. Yeah. Thank you, David. But when you burn Edward Woodward, you it, get a better harvest. No, it's you don't. He true. proved to you later that you didn't. It's a thing. It's not a God damn it. Thank you, David. That's not a thing. Boss, stay thank out of this. you, Boss. Thank you. It's a thing. Damn it. God damn it, David. <laughs> this is what we get. Now they're going to argue. Yeah, yeah, now David and Boss are bad at each other. <laughs> uh, we go from the, the couple making out to uh, Johnny Eagle Pants. What was his name? <laughs> Johnny Eagle is his name. Johnny Eagle is the character name yeah so johnny eagle shows up at the uh, salmon party with a, a dead dog of his own and then very reasonably th- threatens them to follow due process and take them to court and as a matter of fact both that's actually our next clip oh convenient <laughs> yeah it's- oh it's exciting somebody killed my dog slattery you got any ideas well it's coincidence somebody killed seven of our dogs last night at the dock you got any ideas I don't kill dogs to get what i want put an end to this Going to court. I'm going to file suit for the return of all Indian lands along the river. I'm going to stop your cannery, Slattery. But I'm going to do it by the law. Your law! Boys, he wasn't even invited to this party. He's upsetting the folks. More. Get him out of here. Come on, you. Come on, you want to. Get him out of here. Folks, sorry for the inconvenience. I want to see some music. Go on with the party now. Cheap bastard. I'm sick of your messenger, boys. Why don't you face like the man you pretend to be? Tell you for the last time. Get your drunk ass out of here before I kick it out. You think you can, you white ass? Come on, let's go. It's you and me. You don't think I can, huh? I know you can. Yeah, you know I can. I know I can. Everybody else knows I can. How are you going to convince a dumb Indian, huh? Go on, let him go. Let him go. <laughs> oh, get up. Get up and I'll kill you. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, some very racially insensitive stuff that was being said in that clip. God, at least you know what though. It, you know what's really bad? It's not nearly as racist sounding as one of our football teams is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even say the name of that team anymore. Now I say the name. I say Washington. Yeah, because I'm like, it's bad that if I say the name of your football team at work, I could get written up by HR. Yeah, and then there's another baseball team elsewhere from Atlanta. Yes, that you know. Yeah, <laughs> they're kind of well, pushing. It, it. They're kind of pushing it. The, the Cleveland Indians aren't so bad, but their mascot is incredibly racist. Oh yeah, yeah. it's incredibly. like if, if Indians could be blackface. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh yeah. my god. Or how <laughs> Disney draws Indians in fucking Peter Pan. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Well, my note on this is the locals take the Native American dude outside and beat the shit out of him in the most unsurprising white dude move ever. <laughs> this and, this and resonates further, for at today. Least, yeah. And at least Doug McClure is on the right side. I'm like, hey, why are you messing up Johnny over here? Um, <laughs> what? It's and, not a woman. You can't slap him around. He has rights. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> He's an actual person, oh. not a dame. <laughs> exactly. God, but if you, if you think about it, though, what's going on here is you have a Native American fighting over conservation and the rights that his people should have to land that was offered to them as part of the treaty, and it's being violated. He's trying to stand his ground and fight, and he's being assaulted by a group of white men. It happened in late 70s, early 80s with this particular character in film referencing things that were happening to the Native Americans. Yeah. And the more things change, the more they stay the same. With, 
the fucking Dakota Access Pipeline. <laughs> same shit where they're fighting for water rights. So we're all back around to the same old shit. This movie is more resonant for our times now than it has ever been. Oh, God. Every little thing. That's sad. You know, you're not wrong, and that's kind of depressing. <laughs> right? There's more. I saw more parallels in this film that really started upsetting me as I was watching it because of how poignant it was. And it was like social commentary that normally would just blow past you in a film where women are getting raped by fish monsters. Is so prevalent now because of the fucked up times we live in. But anyway, back to the yeah. happy part of the good old fashioned fist fight by a bunch of racists beating up on a Native American. <laughs> when Jim gets involved and he jumps into the mix, he has his bro watches back. And he called him bro so much, I thought that was the guy's name. So everybody else called him Tommy. Get him off my back, bro. I thought it was B R A U X, bro. Like the French yeah. spelling. Bro, how much you even lift, man? <laughs> yeah. Come on, bro. But Jim is trying to basically make it just so that Johnny Eagle can get a fair shot with Vic Winter's character. That's all he's trying to do. Because when they're one-on-one and it's evenly matched, Vic Winter's fucked and he knows it. That's why he's got to talk yep. himself up before he even takes a shot. That's why he has to you cheap shot him to get an advantage. I know I can. <laughs> Hell, everyone knows. If you've got to say that so many times that you can kick somebody's ass, clearly you can't and you know it and you're just a yeah, coward. Right. <laughs> oh my God, are you saying he, he is this movie's Trump? What? 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 How dare you, sir? How dare you jump ahead of me in my notes and know where I'm going with this? How dare you state silly facts <laughs> and predict <laughs> things of where I was going with this? God damn it. I'm sorry. Yes, that's what I'm getting at because he does use racial prejudice to whip up power and control over the town. So it's kind of like Corman's taking another crack at the intruder with fish rape. God, is it, yeah, I like I can only devote so much time to it because it just it makes me so tired. It <laughs> exhausts me. <laughs> It's just like, oh, God, I know this is going to be terrible. He's going to handle this so badly. Just I just want I just want to sleep for about the next three and a half years I, and I, then see what happens. I mean, I mean you're not I wrong. wrong. No, you're not, not wrong. wrong. You're not wrong at all. <laughs> That's the really sad thing about how it ties in with this stuff, because you have, like I said, it's the intruder with fish rape this time around, but it's the same thing where a guy is using racial fervor to whip up and get control over not only his own lackeys, but the entire town. He even ends up dragging the sheriff into it later. And while the sheriff is suspicious because, you know, Johnny would be a pretty good suspect as to why a boat would explode and maybe he was looking it up, I don't think it was racially motivated at first no, but- with the sheriff. I think it was just he was the most likely because he wanted it to stop. Yeah, because he didn't want the company coming to town and all that. And so, he's yeah. literally like the only one that wanted to stop the cannery out of everybody else in the town. Yeah, so I mean, I yeah. get why you know, the sheriff, at the beginning at least The dance is the line. It. What yeah. happens here at the dance when they drag him outside? And the sheriff doesn't do shit. And you could very easily see if the sheriff doesn't do anything, but you could also very easily see that if Doug McClure's character of Jim and his brother and a couple other people don't go out there and stop them, that Johnny would have ended up at the end of a rope on a tree somewhere with these guys with their fervor and their drunkenness. Probably. Which is another thing, too. You actually hear him say, go home, you're drunk, to Johnny. And Johnny is perfectly fucking stone sober, as far as you can tell. And Vic Winter's character is drunk. The actor's probably drunk. (laughs) And Doug McClure's going outside because he thinks they're sneaking hooch that he wants to get his hands on initially. Yeah, right. (laughs) Hey, you guys shooting a scene? Is that booze for real? (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, when all these guys get into the mix with the fighting, I even have it in my notes. This is nonstop dick measuring contest. And it is only ended when the native character of Johnny Eagle finally gets on even terms with Victor Winter's character. And that's finally when the sheriff intervenes. And that's the line for the sheriff. 
that's when he crosses it. He stops the fight to keep the white man from losing face. That's the only reason he fires off the shot and all tells right, them all to fellas, go home. You've all had your fun. Go on home. <laughs> we all got to beat on the Native American and try and put him in his place. Now everybody go home. <laughs> that was a hoot. Is anybody well, here? Has anybody here not made a woman feel like less of a person? No? Okay, good. We can all go home. <laughs> We've all subjugated every minority and other gender, right? Okay, well, let's call it a day. That's the best salmon festival we could have hoped for. Great white males for the win again, right, boys? Yeah. All right. Salmon, white meat of the sea, they call it. (laughs) They cut from this... They cut from this to Vic Winter takes a small boat upstream with a gun by his side, and they also end up inserting wildlife stock footage, at least of an owl and a few other animals, to try and pad out the sequences he's heading up. I think they it's want to- not the worst, though. It's not the most egregious use of stock footage, uh, like the old Corman days when it would just be minutes of it. Like frogs? Uh, like frogs or, uh, God, what was the, there was uh, like swamp diamonds. Oh, God. Or uh, <laughs> Night of the Ghouls with Ed Wood, where it's like <laughs> just stock footage of a snake and then someone turns around with another shot. Yeah. yeah. It's not Stuff the worst. Like that. It at least but, somewhat fits, even though the color grading doesn't. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not perfect, but it's not the most egregious use of it, even in like some of the Bird Eye Gordon films of the same era, yeah, uh, okay. kind of, uh, uh, would, which is hard to believe. Um, but yeah, those were way worse. So this still, even in its use of stock footage it is surprisingly moderate uh in its application of that kind of thing and and still comes away being uh, like a, a really entertaining scene of them like going up river and it's always fun to see doug mcclure in a boat because you never know when he's going to come out of it <laughs> this time around though we have uh, vic winter heading up the river and he's got the rifle and you know he's up to no good and so they're padding out the scene to try and build tension and that's why they put some more docked footage of like the owl and everything like that the stock footage of the sides of the river that are clearly not the same river that he's on you don't really notice unless you're really paying attention and i was looking for it after the owl got my attention yeah <laughs> and later on in the film i recognize them reusing some of those shots but i'm like eh, whatever i'll let it go all right you know it was it was totally fine but you're right it's not the most egregious and it's not the absolute worst uh vic pulls up ashore and starts spying on some men pulling up in a truck in what i'm assuming is johnny's home and once again because i don't want to write it all out that is our next mini clip well let's just wait and hear what johnny eagle has to say what makes you think we can win johnny just talked to Jim Lowry in Sacramento. And he's so sure this is a landmark case, he's going to take it on for free. What can we do to stop him now? File suit against Noyo County for violation of our treaty fishing rights. And Canco's tied up in court. Lowry's ready to slap it to him right now. So let's vote on it and get this thing moving. Okay, once again, shades of the Dakota Access Pipeline, where they tried to do things by the white man's law and tried to get it to stop and using that power by doing the injunctions and all of that. And then it gets responded in kind by the white man using violence to subjugate them. We can be shitty. <laughs> it's not me. No. I was completely against that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying we as straight white males can be shitty. Some of us can yeah. be heavily shitty. 
shitty. The patriarchy is a real bitch. When they feel like they're losing the control and they, and they get scared that if they lose control, other people will treat them as they have treated others. Yeah, they'll start doing some violent shit. Turnabout's fair play is also some shit. Yeah. After this, we see a woman sketching who is Tommy's girl, which I think is Jamie, is her name. And she's hanging out with Peggy and her beau, which I refer to as the horny couple. And I apologize, beau, but when I refer to someone significant other, I usually call them a beau on the show. So if that gets confusing for you, let me know. <laughs> I, I thought it was flattering. Uh, it's funny because I, re- I refer to them as the makeout couple as oh. well of just like, well, these are the two that are always on top of each other yeah. and she's going to be pregnant before long. <laughs> yes, but not by him. Well, anyway, the horny couple from <laughs> last night in the back of the truck are at it once again in broad daylight right in front of Jamie who is sketching who then turns and takes note of what's going on and just keeps staring while they're getting after it. The film cuts away from keeping us from feeling the same kind of voyeuristic charm that's going on in that scene. To I a, just want to look at it. <laughs> to a hint of a creature arm and then we see the doctor snapping photos on Jim's boat. Then we're back with the horny couple after they seriously get after it and the sketch lady's really getting into watching this show (laughs) but the horny couple get self-conscious all of a sudden and wander off to get after it somewhere else. That's kind of... Hey, where you going? <laughs> Come back. You see the look on the actress's face? That's what she looks like. She's like, what you guys doing? I was just going to sketch that beautiful act of lovemaking. Let me draw you like one of my French girls. <laughs> Let me draw you like one of my French couples. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a good thing I'm sitting on a towel. <laughs> Is it the heavy breathing? I'm asthmatic, you son of a bitch. It's okay. I got a plastic bag for when it's time. (laughs) (laughs) That went real dark, real nice. It did, man. Jesus. (laughs) All right. So they wander off somewhere else, and the camera focuses on a creature footprint as they're walking by. But being the horny couple, they're both too aroused to notice it in any way, shape, or form because one has a wide on, the other one's got a hard on, and that's all the blood has left their brains. Right. Yep. And it's in their nethers. We see Jim then hitting on the doctor some more relentlessly. And then we're back with the horny couple. And they are now literally enacting the lyrics to the song, I Think We're Alone Now. They're literally running just as fast as they can, holding on to one another's hand, trying to get away into the night. And then they put their arms around each other and then they tumble to the ground and then they say, I think we're alone now. (laughs) That's like the next scene of the movie. I think we're alone now? (laughs) The beating of the heart is their only sound. All right, so the horny couple are alone on the beach and then we're back with the main cannery guy. He's catching something and he nearly dies. It looks like the guy was going to have a heart attack and that would have been fucking awesome to have that guy just keel over dead trying to reel in the fish. Particularly ironic that it's a fish that kills him when he's a cannery guy. (laughs) Canco? That would just be ironically wonderful. The thing that he tries to reel in gets away, which I'm assuming might have been one of the humanoids from the deep. One presumes. (laughs) Uh, I mean, that's the title of the movie, after all. Right. While it's getting away, the doctor ends up getting it on film. She gets some photos of it, but she can't quite tell what it is that she saw. Well, it's the 70s, so you can't see right away because it's (laughs) got to go be developed. Right. Well, there's that, and she didn't know what she saw through the lens is what I'm getting at. She couldn't really tell, and she's hoping that it caught on film better than what she saw in the reflected viewer. And then 
Tommy, aka Bra, swears hey, bra. it was really big and that it had bit through the line, whatever it was. So nobody wants to believe him, but he swears that he saw it. And she says she has a photo of it, and she's pretty sure that that's what she saw too. Thanks for nothing, Tommy. Not really helping us here. <laughs> yeah, and as Bo had mentioned, they're not going to know shit because film, and it has to be developed. Let's all hear it for digital and instant gratification. Otherwise, selfies would not be a thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> Hold on. We have s- hashtag monster, hashtag humanoids. Click. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That would yeah, be they now. didn't selfie in the daguerreotype days where it's like, all right, hashtag- we're going to see a flash and everyone be still for 20 days. <laughs> oh. Oh my God! They're OMG at the uh, at the new salmon or Sam at the new salmon fair, and humanoids are now raping all the women. Hashtag humanoids. Hashtag raping. Hashtag rape. <laughs> hashtag racism. Right. <laughs> well, now that we're talking about rape, we're back with the horny couple, <laughs> and they're still running around and frolicking, and I think they're looking for a place to bang, or maybe their idea of foreplay is to run until they're too tired to fuck. <laughs> I really don't know what's going on here anymore. Okay, I think we're totally ready to do this now. Hold on. Oh, my asthma. Let me catch my breath. Alright, so they frolic into the water now, and then we hear some more of that psycho-like scare chord music playing, signifying that something is afoot or a gill. Nah. They're making out in the water, they're playing about splashing all over the place. Or a flipper. Or a flipper, maybe. <laughs> yeah, could be. Uh, well, a fin. <laughs> That's at the end of the film when it's Finn. Oh, it's classy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So they play around, they splash each other, then they start making out. Then we get a very alluring underwater ass shot of Peggy. So thank you, movie, because nothing bad just yet. Oh, no, nothing bad yet. Just a happy couple playing around. So thank you, movie. Horsing around. I like that move of like you go under the bikini bottom, cup the cheek. You're kind of moving and also being tender. I like it. (laughs) But at the same time, you're exposing the buttocks to the camera for the rest of us because let's face it if he couldn't see it what's the point you know unless he works his way around to the front maybe that's what he was going for i don't know maybe yeah when it well when it comes to the ladies in this movie the you know the camera leaves nothing to the imagination so yeah eh, there's certain scenes of what we're getting here there's certain scenes of this film that may or may not have been shot by jess franco it's all i'm saying (laughs) they're up in that business just like you you know what religion the lady is basically (laughs) there's a lot of also just the boobie like there's we'll get to it but there is a a point where someone moves uh the the leaves or the uh, seaweed on a body just to be like oh look boobies everyone just in case you didn't see them here they are uh everyone likes that so go get some popcorn come back more boobies later <laughs> that's the best review of a movie ever. Pretty much. That's get it. Some We're done here. Come back more movies later. We're done here. See you. Goodbye, everybody. All right. So Jerry gets dragged underneath the water and creature clawed about the face and chest. And it's cold out in the shot that they show of Peggy because you can see her nipples through the top of her bikini. Mm, thank you, movie. Thank you, movie. Still thank you because the guy's getting mauled, but she's safe. She just thinks yeah, he's goofing She's around. fine. Yeah. And besides, I, I like that. So I'm going to say thank you, movie. <laughs> <laughs> She calls out Jerry's name, giving out echolocation, then sees him hunched over in the water, kind of like he's trying to play a prank on her. She goes up to him, she spins him around, and half of his fucking head is gone. Yeah! And what a great gory effect on his face. That looked amazing. It aged very well, too. 
that's why practical effects always greater than CG. <laughs> they always age better, even if you can tell how they did it. Yeah. And of course, being that it's her significant other who got his face torn in twain, she obviously screams and then tries to run to shore and take off and is tripped and then slowly, painstakingly dragged back into the ocean. You feel every inch she's dragged across the sand, too. Yep. It really grinds in your nerves. You're just like, oh my God. But they cut away from this to give us some much needed levity to Linda is called to join the woman. Jim is about to leave for the doctor. <laughs> and they cut back to the film's first fish rape. We see a sand-covered, bare-breasted Peggy, and it is ruined by this fish rape. My God, this is brutal. Yeah. It's way more brutal than I remembered it, and I've watched it as an adult. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> the high definition doesn't make it any easier on you, because you, nope. see, you see everything. Uh. <laughs> the, only, the only more uncomfortable creature on naked woman sexual assault I can think of is like Galaxy of Terror. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's yeah, brutal. That, that's the right ballpark though for sure of like ugh, like I mm, no but oh no. <laughs> Uh, and, and in fact, in my notes, uh, it is simply the humanoid rapes the girl beginning our discomfort because it's not the last time we go to this place, unfortunately. But again, this is what we're buying into. And and there's some real good stuff, too. So maybe just don't dwell on it, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly uncomfortable. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it's it's really well shot. It's very, very visceral. And the fact that she's covered in all sorts of horrible, nasty shit from the beach while this is happening. Yeah. And you absolutely know that on top of however awful it feels to have a fish penis inside of you, <laughs> there's sand on top of that oh, going into her. Uh, oh, yeah. And they're barbed, I hear. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I was going to make that joke. But okay. <laughs> fish penises are barbed. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Regardless, if you aren't uncomfortable from watching the scene, our little added on pieces definitely make it to where you're uncomfortable now. Where you should be because this is... This is horror. This is totally horrifying what we've just seen. Speaking of horror, we cut to a ventriloquist. That's not yet. <laughs> is it not? No, no. After that, they cut to the local bar as Vic, yeah. as Vic grabs a round of beers. And that is our next clip. Well, I want you to listen to me. We got ourselves a problem. The buck's got to stop right here now. Johnny Eagle means business. You know who resolves this place right now? A bunch of those Indians from the reservation. You know what he's doing? He's talking them into filing a lawsuit against us in connection with the canneries. Yeah, I was just over there just now and I heard him. That's not all. He's got himself one of those big shot city attorneys. You know, one of those minority lawyers. He's going to take that case on for nothing. Except the publicity he'll get. People better hire ourselves a lawyer, Hank. And then what? Wait two years till it comes up in court. You think those canary folk can wait around till we solve our problems? No way. We gotta take care of Johnny Eagle and his people. We can have no canary. What do you mean how? Any way we can. That's how. See you, bro. Yeah. How's the face? Uh <laughs> eh, I'll live. Thanks again. You look worse than I do. Thanks anyway. Both of you. Any man does the same thing. Jim, there's something I want to talk to you about. The cannery. Johnny. I'm for it. You're not. There's nothing more to say. It's funny. I mean, he doesn't even like those guys. He feels the town needs him, and he, and he wants what's best for the town. So do I. I'd like to discuss it with you, Tom. Hi, guys. Hi, hon. Hey, I caught a bunch of steelheads the other night. Need some help eating them. How'd you guys like to come along? Oh, sure, yeah. Great. 
All right, quick question for everyone. Is steelhead that much of a draw that you're going to go up the river with a Native American just to be able to eat it? I, I've never had it. I, I mean... I've never had it either. That's why I'm asking. I don't know. Bo? How's he cooking it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, are, are we talking just from a pan? Because, I mean, that's okay. But if I'm going all the way up river, you know, I want something marinated. It looks to me as though he's grilling it out. So I would assume that it's marinated and that it's being treated quite well. All right, I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, just to kind of show my ignorance, maybe, you know, maybe he knows some secret spices that the white man's not aware of yet. <laughs> <laughs> Is there beer involved? Because then I'll go no matter what. I'm, I'm in. Off they go with the promise of steelhead, hopefully marinated, but definitely grilled out as we will see later. And they cut from this to a stock shot of waves crashing against the rocks. And then we get dissolved into what has to be the most bizarre seduction scene you will ever see in a film in your entire life. It creeped me out so much. That is actually our next clip. Oh, no. Hey, honey, why don't you take it off? Let's see some skin. Nothing comes off till I see it. Okay. How's this? Oh, come on. Show me more than the head. Well, the head's the best part. Oh, come on. For you? Okay. <laughs> Billy, she's surely doing it. Oh, my God. Get me out of this thing. Billy, what's holding you? Come on, Billy. Come on. I'm not passing this up. What are you, a clutch? Oh, I'll miss the excitement. Hey, honey, want to see my woodpecker? Will I get splinters? Don't worry, baby. I've been sanded. Hey, baby, I bet you never made it with two dummies. <laughs> like they say, two heads are better than one. Well, Chuck, works every time. What would you do without me? Well, just watch. Hey, come on, what do you think you're doing? Two's company, three's a crowd, Chuck. He is kind of sexy. Not as sexy as you are, baby. Okay, so during this, the lovely young woman gets completely nude, and my God, does she have a stunningly gorgeous body. Mm -hmm. So thank you, movie, for that. And at the same time, fuck you, movie, for putting a ventriloquist in the middle of all of this. I mean, it's the single most unbelievable scene in the film. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're talking about a film where people are being raped by fish monsters, and this is the most unbelievable. Yeah, no way a ventriloquist is getting this kind of action. I think that's no. going in the spank bank. <laughs> <laughs> that's a reuser from last week but no it's it's odd and i get what she's going for where you know they're implying that the doll is her getting to see his johnson before they get down and then she gets nude because she gets excited because he showed it to her but like it's still a guy getting a girl hot and bothered for a ventriloquist dummy yeah in a movie where genetically altered salmon are eaten by an ancient fish that turns into a creature from the Black Lagoon knockoff. Don't sue Corman for that. Uh, <laughs> and crawls ashore to sexually assault women. This is the part of the film that I found the most disturbing. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. We're in a safe place, guys. We can admit our feelings on this scene. Would anybody else like to vent? I mean, there's just no way of Ventriloquist gets this kind of action in his life ever without paying for it. I think Jeff Dunham would probably try to disagree with you. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> he, appealed to the so? most, he appealed to the most basic of white bitches. <laughs> 
I mean, you have to be successful. Like the success is what draws the woman, yeah, not okay. the ventriloquism. Right. And this guy's an amateur ventriloquist. Yeah, that's he's got a great point. Jeff Dunham probably wasn't getting like a whole lot of women when he was just starting out. Now, of course, that he got you know famous. Yeah, of course he's gonna get women, but that's not because he's a ventriloquist. It's because he's, he's rich and famous. This guy has. No fame, no riches. He's got a fucking doll that he makes talk. It's the ACDC syndrome. Love me for the money. Yeah. 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 It's a great point. <laughs> what if this lady is kind of that kind of kinky weirdo type lady where she likes to bang guys dressed up like clowns. She'll bang a ventriloquist only if she he does the dummy act with her. What if that's her kink? Like she likes creepy, weird banging situations. Like, like Winona Ryder from The Ten. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Go on. And no, that's a, a movie, and, and in one segment of it, Winona Ryder has a fetish for a ventriloquist doll, and, you know, not incredibly explicitly, but fucks well, the doll. But here's the, my problem. In the film. What are the chances of this small town to fight a woman with that fetish? I think they were... Let's, yeah, this let's, is... They're free Craigslist. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You, I mean, you're talking personal ads. This is like some Twin Peaks level of extra work that yeah. you have to do. Yeah, like, right. Where you got to take out an ad. You got to wait for a response, you know, describe exactly what you want, but do it in code. Wear the right hanky in the right back pocket and hope for the best. <laughs> Woodhead seek same. <laughs> Before he can actually seal the deal and the dude can get the skin boat docked into Tuna Town. Huh? 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 Fishing uh, Town. So yeah. That was fitting. That's fine. Good job. They are clam jammed by a creature slashing open the tent and the dude's back all in one move. And the claw left open filleted back bits where you can see some shoulder blade and everything, that looked awesome as well. The visceral stuff of humans being filleted is quite cool in this. Oh, yeah. And now that I think about it, they are being filleted by fish. It's like a fish revenge, the way the men are getting sliced open, if you know. Truly that. a fillet of fish. <laughs> a fillet by a fish, yeah. <laughs> well, seeing her would-be wood supplier <laughs> get clawed in such a manner <laughs> causes the very naked girl to start running for her life across the beach, which would be amazing and would be so fucking hot if she weren't terrified for her life and running from a fish raper. Yeah. <laughs> Not one who rapes fish, but a fish who is a rapist. Yes. A rapist fish. Running from a, a rapist, rapist fish. fish. That's yeah. the best way to put it. Running from fish rape, however you want to fucking look at it from that <laughs> way. This is really gets disturbing fast because you're like really enjoying watching her run, but you know she's terrified, so then you feel bad for it. <laughs> for liking it's a, it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of mixed signals. <laughs> uh, and, and that's not cool when the two signals are mm, fucking and death. If you want a fear boner. But yeah, if you want a fear boner, this scene's definitely for you. <laughs> you want to be afraid of the boner you, you have during this scene. I want people to be aroused by my erotic literature, but too terrified to do anything about it. <laughs> All right. So as she's running for her life, she ends up running smack dab into a creature. Not sure if it's the same one that just attacked her tent. And she is thrown to the ground uh, face first. And we get a fish rape dog fishy style. Huh? Dog fishy. Sure. Dog yeah, fishy. sure. Yeah, okay. Would you prefer guppy style? Yes. They're much better. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> guppy style is sea better? Sea turtle style, please. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. No, it's not as gentle and slow. <laughs> when you thought the first rape couldn't get any worse and more gruesome, there's blood all over the girl. Her face is being shoved into the sand. The particular person in the monster suit is really getting after his hip thrusts and, and trying to make it really, really look like rape. This is really fucking uncomfortable. It really is bad. <laughs> this particular scene, you're like, I don't think I ever want to have sexual intercourse again. <laughs> and not if I have to picture this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I can see this in my brain ever. Is that not going into the spank bank? That is certainly not going into the spank bank. <laughs> not on air anyway. I, I think you put it in the safety deposit box <laughs> of the spank bank where it's like, this only gets pulled out for special occasions. <laughs> not on the air, I won't admit to that. But you totally put it in there, the safety deposit box. I thought maybe it'd be put in there for like the time when like you don't want an erection. Like, oh, I have to get up and talk to people. Shit! Why am I looking at that nun who's really sexy? Holy fuck, I'm a pallbearer at a funeral. <laughs> I am, I am, I'm, I'm a pallbearer at Matt's funeral, and I am rock hard right now. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> better, but I better think about the fish rape. That's yeah. This this is what you start storing. You have an anti-spank bank that yeah. makes it go yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, it's like a total boner that's killer. A, that's a good idea. An anti-spank bank. There uh -huh. you go, folks. Now you have it. This film is perfect for your anti-spank bank. Get it started, man. Uh, start building it. Loan shark. <laughs> spank loan shark. Because unfortunately. <laughs> Much like much like anything else you put in your actual spank bank, the more you go to the anti-spank bank, the less effective it becomes. <laughs> Before long, you just have to start picturing Hitler's face over and over again. Yeah, pretty just much. Just stop. And then the only problem arises when you do that too much, and all of a sudden it's Hitler's face with a spectacular pair of tits. <laughs> that's yeah. really disturbing that your brain went there. <laughs> And that's and that's why the internet is bad. Yeah, that'll exist. Yeah, now that, that you said oh, that's, that that's a thing. Real now. That's yeah. a thing. You know that really isn't a thing. All right, so they cut from this horrific doggy fish slash guppy style rape to Vic and his goons taking a boat upstream once again, complete with little mini bits of stock footage, and then they're on their way to Johnny Eagle's house, and we see that Johnny stops to tell a bit of a tale, and here's another boat heading up the river, but they all shake this off as somebody probably looking for crawfish. This scares them a little bit, but then they just pull into the dock by Johnny's house. They tie off the boat, and Johnny offers his truck for them to head back to town, which they should have taken. But they decide to stay and get their grub on because the promise of steelhead and cornbread is just too much for this group. <laughs> the lady says she cooks a hell of a cornbread, and that's what she's going to be doing while the guys prepare the fish. Listen, man, I, yeah, that sounds really tasty. Okay, yeah. I'm, it it kind of does. I'm, I'm really on board uh this scene across the board I, uh, I'm, I'm a fan of cornbread i'm not dissing cornbread <laughs> sorry i sound like you were <laughs> Kind of sort of sound like you're being a dick about it. No, what I'm saying is, I hope it was really good food, but they don't even get to eat it. They just end up dead. So they should have taken the truck and just left. All I'm saying. I mean, yeah, I'm, you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, you're not incorrect, but you still sound like a dick while you're saying it. I get it. I get what you guys are saying. Cornbread is fucking delicious. Can we move on from this? <laughs> All right. Are we going to be able to come back from my lack of love for cornbread over my own life? Maybe not. <laughs> All right. So they start getting to work on cooking and 
And there's a little bit of a joke where uh, Linda, Tommy's girl, goes out to get some water from a good old-fashioned pump. The kids won't know what to do with that to get water, that's for sure. And while she's getting some water, Tommy sneaks up behind her and gives her a little bit of a jump scare. Then they embrace, and then they kiss. And then we get a really amazing shot where the head of one of the humanoids comes up out of the river watching them, all in that same shot. So you don't even anticipate it. You just thought they're doing this really artistic wide-angle lens of them kind of hugging it out and getting all smoochy-smoochy when you see the creature emerge right in the center of frame. It's so awesome. That was my favorite shot in the film. I really like that. It appears Vic is going to burn Johnny's place down. And when I say Vic is going to do it, he's going to make one of his lackeys because, again, too much of a coward to do it himself. So the things that they're accusing him of doing, like burning down a boat to stop the cannery from happening, they're doing themselves once again. Yeah. So their biggest fears are themselves. Again, who are you angry at? Who do you want to hit here, Vic? (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely not Johnny. All right. So one of the lackeys ends up getting cold feet and wants to back out with the other one has the Molotov cocktail and then they talk him into it. So they end up swooming past the house and they throw the Molotov cocktail. And once again, the entire home explodes like a meth lab in Wisconsin. No, you're right. Well done. <laughs> Matt's from Wisconsin, so he's like, yeah, I had to, I'm checking back all the meth lab explosions I can remember. Yeah. I would have said Pennsylvania, but that's too obvious. <laughs> I'm just saying. See, I didn't live where the meth labs probably are. I'm just not going to argue in the validity of, of meth, meth labs, labs in being Wisconsin. in Wisconsin. They're everywhere right now. <laughs> Anyway, but Tommy, uh, his lady, and Johnny are all okay from this glorious explosion. And it was huge. The whole entire shack went up. I I would either say that it was like a meth lab in Wisconsin or the shack that gets exploded in the, like, towards the very end of Lost Highway where you see it explode and then re-implode where the explosion gets reversed in film. It's like that glorious of an explosion where just pieces are so gently lifted up out of the air from the explosion. It's beautiful. It's so pretty. If it weren't a human being's home, I would love watching it explode more. Yeah, right? (laughs) They were trying to kill the guy and destroy his house. That's terrorism, folks. Just because they're white doesn't mean it's not terrorism. Thank you. Just saying. I know. All right, so let's see here. But at the same time, my God, it's full of stars. (laughs) All right, so they try to put out the fire uh, using a hand crank pump from the river as well as grabbing buckets and doing a bucket brigade thing. The lady getting too close to the water brings out a humanoid, but she takes off and gets away from it. The gun blasts draw humanoid attention. Tommy ends up shooting one of the monsters right in the side of the head or whatever, and then he gets dragged underwater where he fights his way free for a moment using the rifle. Like he's hitting the guy with, he's hitting the humanoid with the butt of his rifle and then he gets his way halfway onto the dock. There really is that kind of back and forth of like, oh, uh, oh, he's done for. Oh, maybe he's going to make it. And I'm kind of, I was kind of okay with him surviving this, you know? He fights Uh, for his life like a final girl would at the very end of a slasher film. So I think he earned his right to live as a character. The way that he fights here alone, and then just when you think the better of him is being gotten where he gets ripped up some more, that's when Johnny comes out and sees this happening and grabs the pump handle right off of the water pump like a fucking champ he tosses that thing like axe hammer style Uh and just hits the monster right on top of the head 
the splitting open its weaker brain pan. I'm thinking they were trying to set that up that that's the thing and that's how you're going to kill them. Yeah, but it a smack to the weak yeah. head. Yeah, like the back of their head was exposed a little bit and you can hit their brain sort of like the Metal Moon Mutant or something like that from this island Earth. But they never really oh, go that far with it. It's also awesome. And let's not <laughs> overlook the fact that, yes, there could have been an expository meaning there. But also, uh, hurling an axe at a dude's head or a fish monster's head not, and splitting it open. Not even an axe. It's just the handle from the pump that he tosses like an axe and splits its head open, which makes it even more awesome. It's so... and. It's so fucking badass, Johnny Eagle totally earns his name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> I'm not trying to talk this scene down at all. I just got the feeling that maybe they were trying to set up that that's how you kill them by doing this awesome shot. It never really goes anywhere. They never really see no. that again. You never no, you really never see, see, see it again. Like, Johnny doesn't say, you know, hit him in the back of the head or yeah. anything like that. And well, that's, that's how you get him like old school monster movie stuff. Aim for the well, flat top. Right. I, well, later on, uh, particularly in the, the big final uh, scene at the festival um like you see a dude like take a piece of wood and hit him in the head and i don't you know but then there's never any communication that that's how you do it and the town right. never coordinates it's a good dissertation on uh on poor communication within the white community <laughs> uh, you're not wrong what i was kind of getting at is we were kind of discussed it and we've hinted at it but there's two different directors there's two different versions of this film and i'm wondering if the original version was going to be them figuring out that they're weak in the back of the head and that's how they start taking them out but that wasn't enough draw for the box office it was a little too subdued it was a little too old school monster movie like hey by the way that giant arachnoid is weak underneath the third vertebrae on its plating you know or whatever our human viruses seem to kill them yeah the aliens all died when they couldn't handle the cold and Ooh. that's why the war of the worlds ended <laughs> you know like just right. some just kind of a simple way to get rid of the monster you know like for instance a, a movie that keeps coming to mind with this is the horror of party beach because it's kind of similar you know idea with these monsters coming out of the sea and dragging people back and killing people and all of that and how do they kill them sodium <laughs> well you know it's all like smog scale you know like the one vulnerability that these things have exactly and uh and and so yeah it would be kind of fun if that were sort of the thrust of it but yeah it's just it, people kind of find out on their own and then they're like fuck everyone else like <laughs> i know how to get me and mine out of here i'm not gonna tell the rest of these losers which is a very white person thing to do too very right, capitalist like this, of you yeah yeah this town definitely went red <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah all over the sea and not just because of all the fish ripping people to shreds all right so after this brain pan smashing delivery that happens and that humanoid falls back and dead johnny starts pulling tommy up out of the water and onto the dock and just before he can do it they are both grabbed by yet another humanoid johnny then ends up plugging that one with two shots to the chest and then one to the head i think and it falls back dead now at some point during all of this they had sent linda to go get help in yep in johnny's truck so linda we're cutting from this to see linda driving back to town like a bat out of hell and all of a sudden a humanoid smashes through the windshield of the truck that was a great fucking jump scare because it's like bam the hand just slams and you just see it go through it's reaching for her through the hole in the windscreen she justifiably panics as this is a very fucked up thing to have to deal with when you're driving at high speeds she's trying to fight it off she ends up slamming on the brakes and sending the humanoid tumbling but over the front of the I truck. I love that it's it's only a fucked up thing to deal with at high speeds. Low speeds, this is fine. 
you're like 10 and two on the wheel, like maybe 20, maybe 15. You can probably deal with a humanoid. Well, let's just face it, man. Distracted driving is dangerous at any speed, particularly when you're trying to fight off a rapey fish. But when you're doing it at high speeds running for your life, it's exponentially more dangerous. The The speed yeah. increase is like a factor increase. So we're talking exponential danger for every mile per hour she's going. I get it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So she stops the truck, sends the humanoid flying out the front. She then does the smart thing and runs the fucking thing over with the truck. But I'm assuming that somehow it dragged its way to the back like Indiana Jones style and climbed back on. Or there was a second one waiting in the bed. <laughs> I, thought, I, I thought that was the deal was that there was a second one. Yeah, like, I think it was the second know, one. Yeah, like, oh, surprise, second humanoid who was smart enough to be like, well, let's see what this guy does. Hey, Jeff, you got this? And like humanoid Jeff is like, yeah, yeah, I got this. <laughs> and he didn't. And it's Jeff's like, all like, right. Oh, yeah, we got this. We got this by the ass. <laughs> Which means that Jeff goes out the front and gets ran over <laughs> yep. by the truck. And yeah. so is it is it humanoid Joe is waiting in the back then? What's what's his name? I think that's Eddie. It's an Eddie? Humanoid Eddie? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, because he doesn't, again, jump into action like an Eddie is more of a, oh, Christ. All right. All right. I got this. Uh, just not heart, not in it, really. I mean, he was just lounging in the back of the truck. My guess is that he was there before she was for sure. <laughs> And he was just kind of hiding out like, you know what? There's like a million of us. They they got this. This sounds like little Eddie time, quite frankly. I'll be in the back of this truck. You guys let me know if you run into a couple of extra girls. I'm down for raping. You know that. But <laughs> clip, clip, clip. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Keep talking. Yeah, but I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to take a quick Union 5 in the back of this here pickup. Oh, wait, what's going on? you know <laughs> jeff he was two days see. from retirement i can't believe she killed him <laughs> right <laughs> jeff you've got so many eggs at home <laughs> i look at it that uh eddie that's in the back there if it is a second humanoid maybe eddie's a little asexual of a humanoid maybe he's not interested in the girls maybe he just likes to spawn with himself <laughs> right he's completely asexual maybe like, maybe he's a voyeur and he likes to spawn while someone else is spawning and maybe just watch. maybe it's none of that maybe jerry or maybe uh jeff was just you know having problems in his life and wanted to look up at the stars and think about his existence and he wanted to lay in the back of the pickup bed of the truck to do that i still like the idea that she runs the thing over but it goes indiana jones style no. where it's like da 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 it's out the he's back just, of its tail as a whip yeah it goes out the back of the truck and it's like oh you bitch and then it climbs up it's like i'll show you and it stays in the bed he's like yeah stop the truck now see what happens you belong in a museum <laughs> but anyway so the second one grabs her through the bed of the truck and this causes the very distracted driver to go off the side of the bridge because apparently bridges that far out in the country don't need guardrails no <laughs> was that a model shot could anybody tell or was that like stock I footage of somebody driving off of something i i wasn't sure but either way it looked great and we get yeah. yet another giant fireball of explosion yeah my note there was like an accident occurs in the truck like everything in this town explodes it's like everything was made of wood and gunpowder <laughs> it's like wood held together by gunpowder that was soaked in gasoline to make it coalesce <laughs> right and like match thatched roofs just <laughs> it's built out of the same materials of all of the houses in a robin hood film that go up like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah oh good lord it's made out of edward woodward's because nothing burns better than that wicker man 
God you damn, know, man. What? I want to burn Christians. Okay. <laughs> Just because you're a fishing village and you're near the water doesn't mean the stuff that you build on land can be a tinderbox. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just because you're close to water doesn't mean it fights fires that easily. <laughs> right. It's not going to come to your aid. You need to take steps. They cut from this to the next day as the doctor tries to rent a boat. She walks into a group. Well, let's just call it a clan spelled with a K. And that leads to <laughs> our next clip. Hi. Good morning. I'd like to rent a boat. I wouldn't advise it. Not this morning anyway. Harriet Peggy missing. Linda's dead. What the hell is going on around here? I want to know what Linda was doing in Eagle's truck. Yeah, what about that? You see what I see? What's up, got this boat? You got some explaining to do, Johnny. All right, let's put him in real gentle now. Come on. Tommy! 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 I'm going with him. Yeah, you stay with him. Come on, get it out of here! No! Come on! How tall were they? Six and a half, maybe seven feet tall. How many did you see? Hank! Hank! What the hell's going on? What happened to my brother? Well, you're not going to believe this either. They're telling us some kind of sea monster. That's right, sea monsters. They burned his house, attacked your brother, even took their dead away, right? All right, I'm going out. Anybody coming with me? What for? To find evidence. If something sank the buckle, killed our dog, now it's attacking humans. Whatever it is, it ain't him. I need a mate, Slattery. How about it? It's a waste of time. Are you afraid? I'm afraid of what? Potter? My kid didn't come home last night. Neither did Peggy. I gotta look for my kid. I ain't got no time to look for phony sea monsters. I'll go with you, Jim. Wait a minute. I'm not sure I want you running off before I talk to you. You wanna go with me, Hank? I got my priorities, Jim. I have to be at the hospital when your brother comes to. All right, then you're gonna have to trust him to me. I need him. He's been there. He knows what we're looking for. I'm going with you, Jim. I don't need anybody else. Oh, get off your antique manners, Hill. I'm a professional scientist. Let's go. After this, Jim, the doctor, and Johnny take a boat upriver to show the dock where the beasts were first seen. The dock snaps some photos and explains some faux science to us in our next clip. This is where we first saw them. Well, look at this. Let's see. She knows a lot more and she's letting on. What do you suppose she's after now? Seeing if they left any visiting cards, I guess. They've definitely been here, all right. You wouldn't be kidding me now, would you? You think there are any more of those creatures around here? I thought I heard something under there. I said I thought I heard something. The attack pattern that you described is that of the nocturnal predator, which means it'll probably keep to himself during the day unless their territory is threatened. It's their home territory? I'm not sure. We found evidence that they were here last night, but that doesn't mean anything. If you're right about their size, the upstream food supply won't support them. They'd probably move to the ocean. Seem damn sure yourself. I have to be with men like you around. And they cut from this to the dock has a drawing of the fishmen, and Johnny confirms it's kind of what they look like, only they are much taller. This is interrupted by a nice size salmon being caught, and the dock says they must be close because now there's salmon here, so they have to be where their feeding ground is. They cut from this to underwater shots of moving through vegetation. We find out that Tommy is going to be okay in our next clip. I just talked to my wife on the radio. Doctor's saying my brother's gonna be all right. Good. Have they talked to him yet? No, he's still unconscious. But his vital signs are strong. How much do you know you're not telling, Drake? Will you put those damn binoculars down for a minute? You've seen what I've seen. 
You say they're intelligent. They're surprised by the size of their jaw. Outside of that, you seem to think your sketch is pretty accurate. The coastline, Jim. What about it? There seem to be caves out there. Where do they lead to? They explore the beach and caves and find a fish man lounging around it as he slowly moves at them. And the doctor refuses to let Jim shoot it as she takes tons of photos. She then commands Jim to shoot it when it gets too close to her. <laughs> well, <laughs> sure. Then I'll shoot it. <laughs> well, yeah, right. It's, you know, self-preservation and all. And distract it. Distract it. No, shoot. Shoot. <laughs> fuck, 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 fuck. As they are blasting the one and killing the living fuck out of it, another one appears. So the fishmen are like Hydra heads. They just keep popping up and almost snags the doctor while they're distracted killing one of them. More surface and one of them ends up dragging Johnny out to sea and starts clawing the shit out of him. Jim blows away all of the fishmen and the doc is very over dramatically snapping photos of a girl buried alive in seaweed like the nest that we saw earlier from the no, dead dog. No, uncover her slowly. Right. This is the scene where it's like, say, uh, how about you move some of that seaweed there? Turns out Peggy is still alive and we see her slime covered boobs when they move that seaweed. I would say thank you, movie, because Peggy has nice boobs, but fuck you, movie, because this is disgusting, disturbing, and makes me question my own masculinity. Yeah, wow. I, I, I also far. like, yeah. I like how unjaws like uh, this moment in the film is <laughs> in that it's not shot very well and the reveal is not very satisfying. It's just disgusting. Well, no, just in that we have the scientist uh, Doug McClure and Johnny getting on a boat uh, together to go in search of the humanoids. And uh, and then, of course, when they find them, the shooting starts, which is always fun, you know, upon first encounter with a species, no matter how rapey <laughs> uh, you should probably just start with with bullets um it's the american but yeah way. yeah i i but i i think this scene is also real cool um despite the the discovery of peggy and like hey uh a little loa okay perfect um but the scene of them kind of doing battle with these humanoids that kind of you get the the sense that yeah they're kind of you know big and strong and whatnot but you can take them out but there's also a lot of them which is and, really amazing because they had three suits and they make it look like there are hundreds of them at all times yeah it's <laughs> it's pretty impressive no it's a pretty good uh movie trick you are absolutely correct the sequence where they're fighting them is like my second favorite thing in the movie i absolutely love this scene where they're fighting them on the beach on their own turf it's only really brought down and kind of spoiled by the reveal of peggy and showing her in a very uncouth manner just like to give you more titillation if you will you kind of like ooh, boobs and then your brain goes you're disgusting you filthy fucking swine <laughs> you suck because that's that's what went through my brain like they reveal them i'm like oh nice and then i'm like fuck you brain why did you think that right <laughs> and the brain's you, like you don't blame me for this shit <laughs> you, you're, you're the, the one that trained me to, i learned it by living in you <laughs> right Brain's like red alert he's starting to have morals red alert red alert quick dump everything <laughs> from the spank bank everything purge it seriously that's the that's the turmoil i went through watching this time 
having empathy and watching movies like humanoids from the deep doesn't work well for you no it doesn't <laughs> right yeah the moment you start to put together like oh my goodness she was just probably raped repeatedly by these fish creatures and then just left in the dirt in the filth and just covered in sand and shit and seaweed and oh look at those uh yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's rough <laughs> all right so the doc snaps one last photo and we get another humanoid jump scare but then the humanoid is blasted away as well and then this dissolves to a lab as the doc does science with pickled punks everywhere in jars and for the uninitiated and matt pickled punks is a sideshow term okay what is that many thing in formaldehyde like a aborted fetus a oh, okay. two-headed cow all the stuff that was on the science person's table that technically if you saw them in a sideshow they'd be called pickled punks gotcha and when it's in a jar i always call it a pickled punk it's just me <laughs> All right, so we see a slimy humanoid head dropped on the table, dead smack into the frame. And because we're getting a whole shitload of expository science on how this could possibly be taking place in this town, that is our next clip. What the hell are these things anyway? First, as far as I can tell, the species has only just appeared. But there has to be a reason that a humanoid creature evolved so quickly. Note the gills on the side of the head. Yeah, like a fish. They do pretty well out on the land. Yes, as far as we can tell. But their natural habitat is clearly the water. Though I think they're in the process of becoming amphibious. And look at the size of the cranium. That means they have tremendous brain capacity. Does not mean, though, that they have the ability to use it all. Look, webbed hand. Why don't you gentlemen go on back to Noyo? We'll let you know what we find. Forget it. We're not leaving until we get some answers. Don't worry. Mr. Borden strongly suggests that we keep this quiet until Kenko has had a chance to review it. Your theory could be totally incorrect. What the hell are you talking about? I've been trying to tell you people about this for a long time and you pushed it aside. Well, look at it, Edward. It's right in front of you. You stupid ass. Look at it. And you still say my theory's incorrect? My theory is not incorrect. And I'm not going to keep quiet any longer. These people have a right to know. And I'm going to tell them. String of DNA film, 232 in the conference room. Now, Edwards. Okay, DNA5 is a growth gene. What you're seeing here is a film of our early DNA5 experiments with frogs. These are tadpoles in the larval stage. Normally, tadpoles take 12 weeks to become adult frogs. Now we add DNA5, which carries genetic information that stimulates the growth hormone in frogs. With the aid of DNA5, Adulthood is reached in a matter of days. So what's the point? We were duplicating this process to accelerate the growth of salmon when heavy tidal surges tore apart one of our experimental tanks. 3,000 DNA-treated salmon escaped into the ocean. I wanted to notify the authorities, but my employer at Canco stopped me. What if the other fish are salmon? Exactly. It's my theory that feeding on the DNA-5-treated salmon may have brought about evolution in more primitive fish, like coelacanth which was discovered in this area a few years ago by a local marine biologist. The heck is a koala mechanic? Prehistoric type of fish, which hasn't evolved in millions of years, but may have feeding on salmon containing DNA5. I took these in the tunnel this morning. In one lifetime, this creature seems to evolve through four growth stages. It starts out as a fish, but is humanoid in its final stage. Why are they attacking us? Well, most bright animals protect their territory and their food sources. Maybe intelligent enough to perceive man as a competitor. Why the girl? It's my theory that these creatures are driven to mate with man now in order to further develop their incredible evolution. It's enough to scare the hell out of me. Let's hope the people in the town believe us. Jake, festival. 
So during this, we see a film of Cell Division, which looked an awful lot like a butt, and I was kind of enjoying it till I realized it was Cell Division, and then I kind of felt low. And then we see some frogs as well, and uh, some salmon hatching uh, while this is all happening, and she's explaining what's going on and how they ended up inadvertently making humanoids from genetic modified animals. DNA 5 is a good fake science name. <laughs> DNA five sounds like a like a barbershop quartet of like millennials that uses like uh, <laughs> short circuited uh, speaking spells and other toys as like their background music. <laughs> right, all their videos would be directed by Wes Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Wes Anderson's assistant who was fired after bringing him the wrong coffee. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. right. But yeah. as, but as she's talking about like you know, well, we injected DNA five into the genes and science happened, and then this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but I was like, okay, I'm you know, this is dumb, but fine. I, I let pseudoscience go in film because at least they showed people like cell division and they halfway explained some things about genetic engineering, kind of, and how you know this would make the salmon grow quicker and faster. They were trying to you know shorten the growth cycle and they would come to age faster and they would grow faster through these hormones and the stuff that happens with DNA five. I liked what they were trying to do there, but it was so clearly like pseudoscience. It seemed like something that David Avocado Wolf would be posting on Facebook. <laughs> I'm just saying. But uh, this leads into them realizing that the festival is happening right now and the film cuts all of a sudden to a marching band. So we are to assume that this is, in fact, the festival that they were referring to. And if you're going to celebrate salmon, you need a marching band. Um, at night. Why are you doing this at night? Uh, why is this in a why isn't this a daytime salmon festival? Festival. At least the marching band part, because the rest of it looks like it belongs at night with the Ferris wheel and the hat merry-go-round and the, you know, feats of strength where you hit the hammer to see how tough you are to impress your girl and the rig games where you can never win a fucking stuffed animal to show how manly you are and that kind of shit. That all belongs like on a midway at night. Marching band, not so much. This festival even has a DJ from K-Fish who sexually harasses his co-worker because, you know, it's like 1980 and women didn't have like their own thoughts or emotions or anything like that back then. Hey man, it's cool that just <laughs> chicks, man, it's not like they're people. He, yeah. her whole <laughs> yeah, thing is, note was, hey, women are objects. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what they do. I mean, we all had the same idea watching because my first thought was, hey man, it's just chicks. They're not like they're people. So they put yeah, this... what's going on here, Miss Salmon? Who cares? Am I right, fellas? Yeah. They, they put the assistant lady on roller skates in a skimpy outfit and the goal is for guys to catch her so they can win like a free button or something. Something it, stupid. So like they that. can win copy to feel on it. It is a yeah. girl. And yeah. then and then he demonstrates this by saying that he's it's her his most lovely billboard, which is a fish written on their shorts on her ass, which he then gropes her Trumpy uh, style uh, really inappropriately. And he looks like he's trying to do a fucking oil check, like uh, drag across the butt cheeks as he's doing it. Uh, it's gross. Then he sits down all the while just basically like, so you're Miss Salmon, huh? You feel like spawning? And then he grabs her sash, rips it out of the way so he can look at her cleavage. Uh, she laughs, puts the sash back down. 
he makes a couple of more like references about what's going on. And then he goes, but uh, don't call me too much because I may have my hands full later. Grabs the sash again, revealing her cleavage, and then just basically goes, awooga at her boobs while he's doing it. Awooga. It's so fucking wrong. Uh, I've never wanted to transport to a movie and beat the shit out of somebody more. Somehow, this <laughs> DJ makes raping fishmen seem less sleazy and disgusting. Fishmen seem almost like gentlemen at this point. <laughs> at least they call the lady later. I know, right? <laughs> right? This guy is just a fucking pig. I really had a problem with this guy. I'm like, dude, you belong in John Hughes movies. That's where you belong. Ah, damn. There's a real extended sequence of like, maybe we're the real monsters, you know? <laughs> like, you you do start to root for the, the fish people again, you know? Yeah, you, you want to see the fish people rip up at least the DJ at this point. Like, you feel nothing for this guy. die painfully. Yeah. The mayor or somebody that's in charge asks the band to start playing something with some more pep, but they say, given the circumstances of what's been happening, they don't feel like it. The man says, well, neither do we, but people come from miles around and from all over the country for this famous salmon festival to listen to their vaguely white bread folk, kind of peppy Dixieland band fusion music that really, really, really sucks horribly. I cut it out of every clip. <laughs> intentionally <laughs> as much as I could. Uh, but as this is happening and the band starts picking up with some pep, we're then back with the rapist K-Fish guy who pulls aside Miss Salmon's sash once again to make a groping joke and reveal her bosoms again. <laughs> In my notes I wrote, fuck you 1980s. Right? <laughs> fuck you! I love the 1980s, but not this part of it. <laughs> they cut from this to Jim's house in Stocko Vision as Mrs. McClure, that's what I have her in my notes as, <laughs> tries to get the little one to sleep. I so wanted this baby to die. All it does is cry the whole way through the movie. They cut from this to humanoids start to amass on a festival. Vic and his henchmen show up, say some vaguely racist and horrible shit. Goes par for the course. And then they get some drinking done. That's what they're all supposed to be doing. Just then, Johnny, Jim, and the doc drop a body bag in front of the entire disbelieving bunch of thugs in the town, revealing a dead humanoid corpse. That was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Where they're like, here's your proof. This is real. Now you have to deal with it. Yep, this humanoid came up the gulf. <laughs> the doc gives a heads up. Peggy's dad is consoled. Something about, you know, Peggy's alive. But is she really? Does she really want to be alive? She's breathing, at least. Yeah, she's dead inside, for sure. <laughs> or at least wishes she was. And a humanoid breaks up through the dock, which was one of the better shots of the film as well. That was fucking awesome. Johnny shoots the shit out of it, and then more just surface out of the hole that that one made. And then the night of the fish rapists commence as they grab women at random to fish rape. They are also grabbing men to mutilate and destroy. They end up breaking the ramp dock and dragging victims away from that as they fall down. These are some smart-ass fucking fishmen. Yeah. At this point, you're kind of safe to relax. There's no more rape. Like, even though they're there to rape the women, like, we come for your daughters. But <laughs> We come for your daughter, Chuck. Yeah, but you don't see any more of that, really. It, and certainly not anything nearly as graphic as what came before. Now it's just all like, oh, monsters have shown up and spoiled our good time at our salmon festival, and now it's human v. human humanoids in a pretty good battle. No, it's like, awesome. Yeah it's, yeah, it's really fucking cool. The finale of the film is the thing that will keep me coming back. Like, I etch-a-sketch and forget the weird ventriloquist sexy stuff. I 
etch a sketch and forget all of the horrid like how graphic the fish rape stuff gets the thing i remember is the battle on the humanoid fish people's ground with uh jim johnny and the doc and then this fight at the end of the movie where the humanoids are attacking the town in like their last stand or to get as much people as they can because they're in a strong force i mean there's slaughtering happening left and right there's just tons of of brutalization and more of that graphic stuff. There's even a scene where a guy gets his back ripped open and you see like all rib cage just to the side. It's really graphically God done. damn. And it's fucking it's brutal. Good. The severed head. We've, we'd be remiss if we don't mention that one guy getting his head just ripped off. <laughs> and then the hum- yeah. humanoids biting chunks out of people. And some of the women are being raped, but what you end up seeing is they pull the women to the ground, a fish person jumps on top of them, and they cut to another bit of violence or something else happening and they move on. We're not forced to watch it as it's happening we just know that it's kind of no, happening in but the this background. entire town is being raped in one way shape or form or another yeah. they're being punctured ruptured or destroyed uh-huh. <laughs> i even wrote in my notes here christ this is grim because it really is yeah uh, yeah but again that's what makes it so awesome i'm like people are getting effed up in this scene and but are kind of giving it back to the humanoids like you see some of those humanoids go down in really gnarly ways yeah there's some and, really gross ones you're right and like i said the board to the skull or fleshy brain sack uh, as the dude defends his wife or girlfriend or whatever is really kind of gross and wonderful and this was the moment where I was like now who did the special effects for this again because there's the practical fire effects going on all the uh, prosthetic effects as well it's all just really good and well directed like all these scenes of like chaos the people in the background are actually doing stuff and it it's this whole sequence is really impressive and also uncomfortably rapey whoever choreographed the action they had repeat scenes going in the background as the camera's moving around and focusing in on the foreground stuff if you really pay attention and you look you can kind of see repeated moves going on with people fighting you know because you'd have a shot and you'd have three humanoids in the shot because that's all the more suits that they have yeah you'd have like your fucked up suit in the background fighting with somebody your more hero suit that's still holding together and hasn't been burnt to a crisp yet that's in the front and then you'd have like their medium shot suit that's like off to the side and all three of them are doing something or you'd have one humanoid and then like a bunch of people running or trying to drag like an injured person away and it was all choreographed really well and they edit it very well i don't know who actually shot these portions of the sequences with the attacks and everything but the way that it was edited and the way that it was put together really makes the film work and i think it it redeems everything else all the stuff that i would have a complaint about all the other things that i would look down on for this film uh-huh. are immediately washed away in a sea of violence blood and gore there you go <laughs> in this part of the film that's how you get straight to court's heart absolutely violence blood and gore that and yeah. cheeseburgers well <laughs> with violence blood and gore on top yeah in fact i had a note in this sequence saying this movie is so incredibly grindhouse but it's well executed grindhouse yeah and I, I completely agree this is the kind of thing that you would want to see at your drive-in theater or your hardtop theater on 42nd street this is the crowd that it's going for is somebody like me that likes that kind of stuff yeah man it delivers i mean i know we're not totally done here but we're you know right on the end of this film and it is like this whole sequence is like you said it's worth the price of admission you could remake this film in a way that would be really cool uh but as long as you keep probably, dna five is the reason that they come about <laughs> oh uh, how would you not you know like the cinema purists would be uh you know torches and pitchforks at your door like where's our dna five 
alive they would shout um but yeah it's a it, like it's an impressively good movie for being as shitty a movie as it is at times <laughs> Uh, or wrong-headed is probably the better way to put it. But um, and, and not all of it is wrong-headed either. I, the parts that are wrong-headed are when they came back in and added stuff to it. So yeah, <laughs> right. Well, that. sure. I mean, yeah, that's the weird. Again, the push-pull of this movie is there's you know these great sequences like uh, at the end. And and there are some you know environmental messages and and very uh, oddly uh, feminist messages in a film that is also wildly misogynistic. <laughs> and 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 occasionally very racist. It's it's crazy. It makes your head hurt to think about. This film is essentially a bipolar manic depressive disorder <laughs> on film. It really is. All right. So they cut away from all this action and violence back to Jim's home. And we see the missus is in the shower, but we don't get any closer because this wasn't shot by the other director to make it salacious. We just get a very tasteful outline of her body while she's showering. And we see a humanoid lurking outside. We then see Jim working with the doc, spraying gasoline around and more humanoid attacks going Going on occurring in escalating ways as the sheriff is calling for the highway patrol because he is clearly not able to handle what is happening to him and here's where i have a note that the restored violence and gore in this is just fucking awesome you need to see the uncut version that got released by shout factory with all of the violence back in mm-hmm. oh just amazing uh we're back with jim's wife and she finally hears some ruckus going on outside and then she hears about all the chaos happening on the radio and turns it up to hear what happens just in time for the dj to be killed and getting mauled thank you movie glad that bastard's dead hopefully he never had any children that he could pass on that rapey ass gene that he has oh shit she leaves her child unattended and we hear it screaming but no the movie didn't kill a child fuck that's really in my notes (laughs) well didn't kill this child yeah didn't kill the screaming baby yeah (laughs) court was tired yeah i was shit i put that in the notes (laughs) i'm really grumpy at that kid at this point the miss salmon beauty contest winner is defending herself against the rapey fish humanoid and her ravages of gravity (laughs) yeah her top is ripped off and she grabs a rock and starts smashing the fuck out of the brain pan of the human All the while, her breasts are doing their best to distract us with that very lovely jiggle that really makes me feel like I should really like this scene a lot more than what I did. (laughs) I was uncomfortable that she was had her top ripped off by the humanoid because I was being reminded of all the other horrible things the humanoids did but then seeing her defend herself with the rock and the fact that she was you know beating the hell out of the monster and doing better than most of the men all the while with her tits out (laughs) I was like more power to her I'm like should I enjoy this scene where's the moral area here that it's okay Bo you want to rule on this no I do not (laughs) is it okay to like watching the jiggle as she beats the monster to death that's all I want to know again I mean that's the whole problem with this movie is you know absolutely not but maybe (laughs) (laughs) right like the moral part of you that has empathy is going this is wrong I should not like this and then the lizard brain in you is going fuck yeah watch that some more hey man I'm not touching this you do you all right (laughs) (laughs) this this movie is a gateway to mermaid porn I guarantee it (laughs) that's a thing I how could it not be that's not a thing are you sure are you sure boss I don't know Dave? It's a thing. Oh, uh, thank you, thing. Dave. Yeah. Thank you, David. All right, so that's a thing, and it exists, and uh, tweeted at me, uh, at court underscore 
shop, send me your mermaid porn. Man, the just, wrong parts it, of fish. <laughs> yeah, if you if you get some, let me know. <laughs> Absolutely. It'll probably be Japanese, so that'll be right up no, your alley. they sent me the top part is the fish. The top part's the fish. No! Actually, that's kind of better, because at is least it, you can uh, get what you want out yeah, of the bottom uh, part. I'm just saying. <laughs> all right. So we cut back to Jim's wife, who is drawing all of the curtains so as to not be seen by the humanoids. And she literally bars the door like an old-timey monster movie. And how fucking cool is that front door with the bar and then all of the pins that get stuck yep. in it to lock it so it doesn't slide open? That was really badass. Yeah. I But I also got bored of these uh, cutaways. Like, it, it it happens one too many times for, uh, for me. Yeah. It, uh, it should have been earlier in the film. This should have been happening while they were doing the research in the film when it was already slow where they're watching the movie. She should have been alone in the dark. And then he would have hightailed it to the festival and not realized that his wife was still alone until later. They're using it as cutaways instead of cutting to a, a severed head rolling on the ground or something. And it, it slows the film down. It doesn't help. Yeah. Yeah. Since we're kind of bored for a second, then they cut back to seeing a full body fishman burn. Thanks to a brave kid. This is the kind of kid you want to hang out with. Somehow he has a Molotov cocktail, tosses it, lights the fish man up, and the fish man is on fire and falls into the that, water. That kid's going places. <laughs> that kid has his shit together. Yep. And he should be the sheriff of the town. When exactly. He gets <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jim should, he should immediately be Doogie Hauser <laughs> into sheriff, you think? Yeah, absolutely. Come on. He is the only one that was level-headed enough to have a Molotov cocktail and burn a fishman. He took out yeah. a whole fishman, no problem. When the humanoids came for us, who was there? <laughs> Doogie Hauser, your local sheriff. <laughs> right. Okay, so Jim shoots more of the fishmen. Johnny saves a little girl by killing a fishman when Vic gets her to safety. Vic ends up falling to the ground. Jim tosses a flare gun to the dock while this is all happening. The dock lights up the bay. Then we see Vic getting bitten by one of the humanoids. Then Johnny saves him by shooting that humanoid. And then we see the exact same shot from earlier of the dock firing the flare gun to yet another area where more gasoline flares up and catches on fire in the bay. I fail to see how this kills the humanoids. They're just burning on top of the water. Well, you know, pain. I don't... It makes it to where they can't escape through the water without getting burned. Maybe. I don't... I, I didn't get it. I didn't understand other than fire on water looks Maybe they weren't good. thinking as clearly as a kid with the Molotov. That's what I'm saying. The kid yeah. should be fucking Doogie Howser's local yeah. sheriff. I'm angry. Yeah, but it is fucking awesome to watch fire burning on top of water. Yeah. That is fucking cool. So I will give the movie a leeway on that. Yeah, and this is actually, you know, when you mentioned favorite shots, there's one in particular where you can kind of see like, oh, they just, you know, set up the gas pipes and that's what's, <laughs> you know, burning on the water and whatnot. Uh, it's like a stunt show at Disney or something. But it's the scene of utter chaos with the fire on the water and the humanoids attacking folk. And it's one of those things of like, I would, I'd love to have a poster of that. Just that on my wall. That looks real cool. Like a, uh, like a Graham Humphreys painting of it or something. Yeah. I mean, there's almost, well, actually there's almost something more like Hieronymus Bosch about it. Ooh, I uh, can see that. Yeah. Uh, of, of these kind of twisted creatures after people and, and up to no good. Most likely the thing with, with the fire on the water and everything, it's, it's another leap of logic, like DNA five. At a certain point, you're just like, eh, like, 
how how down can I get <laughs> on a movie called Humanoids from the Deep? Until I did it for the review, I never even thought what purpose does that serve? I was just like, right, they're they're burning on the water. It's gonna hurt the fishmen. Cool, whatever. You know, move on to the next fucking bit of violence. Let's go. Vic refuses to accept help from Johnny at first when Johnny crawls over to try and drag him up, but then we get that moment of recognition where he knows that he's been an asshole for no reason and that racism is literally going to kill him. They really drive that point home. So he begrudgingly accepts help and is dragged up onto the dock as more shit is being fucked up and wrecked by the fishmen and the crowds flee in panic. The exposed brains are used to kill yet another fishmen and Jim and the dock go to shore. The dock is attacked. The humanoid that attacks the dock is shot by Jim. Jim learns that his wife is still home alone, so he darts off to go protect her. Some men then gang up on a humanoid and proceed to beat it to death like they are a bunch of L.A. cops, and it is Rodney King. All right, I'm in. <laughs> I felt kind of bad for this humanoid when they were what? all around him beating him with like the but he's barely raped a few women I know but like seeing one being being surrounded by five and beaten to death with sticks and fucking rocks and shit it's very visceral and you're like oh the poor thing Why oh my god just put it out of its misery <laughs> like your brain just totally forgot that it was earlier raping some poor woman right <laughs> I just <laughs> I felt bad for it but then I felt bad for feeling bad for it okay well well, at least you felt bad for feeling bad. Yeah, I'm like, she probably deserves this. Yeah, right? <laughs> All right, so Jim calls for his wife as humanoids break in through the glass. She locks the baby in what my parents refer to as the babysitter. Nice. The, yeah. cl the closet or pantry. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, because, yeah, you know, you get put in there, you're babysat, you're fine. Add some yeah. duct tape and uh, some Cheetos, you're good. You got Cheetos? I only had Cheerios. My parents were cheap. Oh, uh, yeah. But <laughs> probably your parents were much more concerned about your health. I mean... Cheerios are way more healthy than Cheetos. Yeah, you're right there. <laughs> when I was locked in the babysitter, that was the best thing for me was Cheerios instead of Cheetos. I was never, uh, my babysitter was never uh, the, the closet, as you say. I was put in front of my babysitter and it allowed me to raise me. Well, geez, that TV. would be so much better than what happened with me being put in the pantry. All I had was thoughts of how much I hated their God to keep me company. <laughs> well, but <laughs> if you spend enough time like in a pantry, uh, particularly under the stairs, always a chance that you could get that roll of the dice and you could be a wizard <laughs> and a thumping good one i'd wager yeah yeah <laughs> once you get learned up a little bit yeah okay so she stuffs the child into the babysitter shuts off the lights and we get more of this sort of stalker vision going around as she goes to the door like a fucking idiot you don't go near the openings in your home but a creature arm breaks through and the movie kind of comes to a halt here she stabs the ever-loving shit out of it kind of like shelly duvall in the shining when the arm comes through the door she just starts going after it with the butcher knife and then a another bus in through the window and she tries her best to fight it off by stabbing the living shit out of it and she ends up murdering it by stabbing the ever-loving fuck out of it and basically gutting it. So, looks like Mrs. McClure was pretty, a hell of a lot better humanoid fighter than uh, Mr. McClure. Yeah, pretty badass. She did that by hand with a knife, and he required guns and several shots before he could take one yes. down. She guts one with like seven stabs. Well, you know how it is with women and their babies. <laughs> eh, it's in the babysitter. Yeah. It's fine. The only, yeah. the only reason she was able to do it is probably her time of the month. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Sexism is killing me inside. 
<laughs> I know, me too. I feel so gross. All right, so she kills it and then ends up huddling in the corner. She waits for the next attack as this is happening. Jim breaks in the door. Carol thinks that it's probably another humanoid and almost stabs him, but he catches her arm before she can stab him, and then she semi-collapses into his arms. They embrace, and then this dissolves to a post-apocalyptic view of the festival as it's all triage and medical attention and people being dealt with and hauled away on stretchers and makeshift stretchers where it's like the blanket across two fucking branches. Yeah. <laughs> they don't even have enough medical supplies to deal with the carnage. The sheriff is in literal shock, wandering around the town, just babbling to himself like a maniac. The town is absolutely ruined. It will never come back from this. And let's face it, you're never going to get the smell of decaying humanoids out of this town. No, man, that's never. it's over. They dissolve to Peggy, and she's about to give birth as the doc from earlier is performing the birth but a humanoid baby does not want to exit through the gift shop it's going to leave through the window which doesn't exist so it rips out its own way and right through the stomach kind of like alien from the year before just saying uh i didn't get that <laughs> <laughs> are, are you being facetious bo i'm not oh well of course yes uh <laughs> it is as alien and alien that ever aliened i was like i object good sir you're accurate but i don't like the fact that you pointed it out <laughs> right after the humanoid baby pops out of mommy's stomach, alien style, they roll credits. Ah. Okay, so this is a bring your own cinematic trauma for Bo. So, Matt, what age do you think this could be damaging to a child? Oh, man. Yeah, definitely like, I'd say even like 14. And really? Under, yeah. Okay, so. But, but just for the implied hardcore and rape. Overt. Yeah, overt. Rape. Yeah, I mean, if it weren't for the hardcore rape and it was just kind of a slasher, even with as bloody as it is, I, I'd say, you know, hey, you know, 14 or up could watch this, but the, the, the rape scenes are a little rough. Well, even the cut version still had the very brutalized rape scenes in them. Yeah. It was the gore they cut down on to be able to get an R rating from what I can remember. Yeah. So it's because we're fucked up as a society. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. you're saying 14? 14, I would say 14 or younger should not be watching this. All right, Bo, you've been holding the story in this whole time. Tell us how the fuck did you see Humanoids from the Deep for the first time? I saw this in 1985 when I was about 12. You stick fuck. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it was a, a bunch of us, uh, you know, like, you know, it's a 12 year old sleepover kind of thing where a bunch of uh, boys uh, um, staring at each other naked like you do. No, Wait, no, what? What? We were, no, we were just we were watching like scary movies. And when it came to the uh, oh, and also important to the story my friend at the time had just got a new BB gun. <laughs> okay. So, uh, the, the movie's going on and when it gets to the big pier scene and a couple of us building kind of a, one of, one of them cushion forts, uh, that you make out of, out of the couch cushions. Right. And, uh, and so we're playing humanoids from the deep, you know, it's <laughs> like some of us are like, but it's not rapey humanoids. Like we were 12 and it just didn't register what that was. It was just your fish monsters that are going to get you. And, uh, uh, so they had like toy guns and Jimmy was playing with his BB gun and thought he had the safety on and he did not. And I happened to be a humanoid. He was not. And he shot me right in the gut uh, with uh, his new BB gun. 
uh, okay. Right up immediately following the screening of Humanoids from the Deep. Okay. So you have the trauma that doesn't register until years later that your probably first experience watching a movie that involves nudity and hot women also involves humanoid rape being done right. by fishmen, which that explains a lot about you, Bo, and your love of Japanese cinema now. <laughs> <laughs> it came early. Yeah, yeah I was. Yeah. You got it honest, as they say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that happened. That's totally a thing. Uh, that's probably where that came from at that young of an age, because you're you're mixing up all of these you know sexual feelings that you may be starting to be awakened to as a twelve year old and seeing fish rape happening. And on top of everything else, you guys decide, hey, that was a fun monster movie. Let's play humanoids versus humans. <laughs> And your friend that you're at the sleepover with shoots you in the gut I, with a BB. I get shot. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's what I remember about Humanoids from the Deep the first time I saw it, not the rape. The fact that I was shot by a friend. <laughs> with a BB gun. And this yeah. is this is why firearm safety is so important. Very important. It's Even uh, with a pellet gun. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, like it was a country and western song come to life. <laughs> My best friend shot me with a BB gun after we watched a movie about fish rape. Doesn't yeah. sound quite right. Well, it's got a nice I, ring to it. You should go ahead and record that. Okay, we'll see. I think that's George Downs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, I believe that's Mr. Conway Twitty. <laughs> oh, wow. Sure. Hello, darling. <laughs> nice Hello, to see you. humanoids. <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have a very obvious question that I, I need to get out about the BB here. It, has it been removed? Did it get lodged within the stomach? Is it causing no. further problems or... It, no, it didn't break the skin. Thankfully. Uh, but as as a chubby kid, like I had this big red welt, you know, where the, the BB struck. Looked like a uh, spider bite. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or or like a really big pimple or something. Like without, uh, like just a, a giant red sore uh, is what it looked like forever. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that happened uh, on my first view. Viewing. And and every time I watch it, I think of it like it, it's it's clear as day to me. Uh, being like the sudden realization of like, oh, I've been shot. You know, like, oh my god, my friend just shot me with his BB gun. That seemed inappropriate. Do you get some PTSD from it, where like it it triggers that response in your brain, where you think about it, and does your stomach hurt where you got shot again, or anything like that? Is it like that visceral of a memory? Well, I get in an erection. I don't know if that's wrong. <laughs> um, that's going to be between you and your therapist. And your erection. Mostly between you and your erection. Yeah. As long as you're with a consenting adult for whatever you want to do or completely by yourself, I think you're okay. It was one of those things where like, I watched <laughs> it again when I was a, like, a later teenager and and realized, like, oh my God, that movie was full of rape. <laughs> like, it, didn't, it didn't land on me until I watched it again. And that, even, at any age, that's shocking. Like, I... I'm, you know, I'm over 40 and it shocks me when I watch it now. Maybe because I'm over 40. I'm like, heavens to Betsy. It gives you the vapors. Yeah. All, the, the, all this rape's giving me the vapors. <laughs> all right. We're going to play a promo for another podcast here. We're going to have a little bit of music. And when we come back, we will close out this bad cap show. Hello, this is the Doom Show. Keep on keeping on and keep on trucking, America. We don't listen to our feedback because we don't get any. <laughs> the truth hurts. I just alienated the two people that give us constant feedback. Sorry, guys. 
That's got to go. <laughs> That's got to go in there. So on the show, uh, we talk about giallo movies and slasher movies and cult movies. Sometimes we even talk about Cameron Mitchell and his movies. I am Richard. Who are you? I'm Brad, the guy that's not Richard, or Jeffrey, or Simon. That's right. We have four people, and we always talk at once, except to each other. Jeffrey lives up north. Simon lives across the world. Richard lives in Penis, Alabama. Hello, This is the Doom Show is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Check out the other shows on legionpodcast.com. You can check out more Hello, This is the Doom Show at hellodoomshow.podomatic.com or at doommoviethon.com. Check for our Amazon exclusive Hello, This is the Doom Show cookbook. Do you like hot dogs? (laughs) We got them. Do you like mac and cheese? We got it. Do you like cheddar? We have it. Actually, we don't. No, no cheddar. Just Colby. Colby Jack. Hello, this is the Doom Show. We never gave up on you because you never gave up on us. Wow. appropriate choice of music for this evening i think yeah (laughs) hold on hold on (laughs) take your applause and get the fuck out thank you so much guar for bringing something so inappropriate that works so perfectly (laughs) to close out the show So, Bo, everybody knows you're the head honcho at Legion Podcast, but a lot of people may not know all the shows that you do on Legion. So, you want to give them a quick rundown? Yeah, uh, there's the Shodcast, which is the video game thing. There's Hero Hero Go Show, which is the Asian horror movie thing. There's Horror Hangover, which is kind of evolving into a more of a Brinehouse show as well. Basically, just stealing everything you guys do. And um, I didn't want to and- say anything, but I kind of had my <laughs> suspicions. But that's okay. It's the highest form of flattery. Uh, right. I'm just here to get information. Um, so, and then uh, the Duncan and Bo. Come Correct was the original title of the show. Like Currently, we're doing Twin Peaks, so it's Duncan and Bo go to Twin Peaks. But it's not that because we were stupid and it's Duncan and Bo go to Twin Peaksies. No backsies. Uh, no backsies. <laughs> colon the returnsies. Um, it's, yeah, it's real stupid, but that show is, it has been a lot of fun. I would actually have to say that when you guys started doing the Twin Peaksies is when that show just became this beast that can no longer be fed. Uh, it was great before, don't get me wrong, but when you guys hit the Twin Peaksies stuff, it just became something so much more than any of us could ever have hoped for in a podcast. And you guys are definitely in your silver age, I would say. 
say. This is this is like this new thing for that show, and I've, I've become like a tremendous fan. Believe it or not, uh, with all the dumb shit aside, we do try to actually provide a service, which is with the new season of like, let's try to connect some of these threads so it makes some kind of sense so that it doesn't seem to be like a lot of just weird dumb shit. And I've said it on the show, but I've gotten into a very Lynchian frame of mind where a lot of the weirdness of that show makes a kind of sense to me. And that's probably not healthy. <laughs> uh, so, but I, I it, it's been one of the more like enjoyable things uh, that I've ever done doing podcasting. So thank you very much for saying so. Yeah, I've become a huge fan and not just because of my man crush on Duncan. I also have a man crush on you now, Bo. So there you go. <laughs> as long as it's slightly bigger than uh, your man crush on Duncan's, we're fine. Uh, yours is fueled more by guns and Americana. <laughs> that's, I would have it no other way. Yeah, that would probably be okay. Best. <laughs> it needs to be like diesel fueled, like blowing coal kind kind of man crush. It's the kind of love that I have for maximum overdrive. I don't need to explain it. It just sure. needs to be accepted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> All right, folks. Thank you so much for listening to this show. You know you can find us on Legion Podcast Network. Thanks to Bo finally accepting us for who we are and coming and joining the show and having a good time with us. We're all on Facebook. You can find me. I'm Court Psyops. You can find Matt. He is Matt Psyop. You can email feedback to Matt, psyopmatt at gmail.com. Let him know how much he needs to do coverage of Eraserhead, folks. We get some requests to do that, and I yep. will make him do the notes for Eraserhead head and explain to us what's going on that will be so much fun sounds horrific you can email feedback to court cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com let me know how much you need to hear Matt do a razor <laughs> torment you can tweet a couple of tweets to a couple of dripping twats I'm at court <laughs> underscore psyop Matt is at psyop Matt send us your photos of your tentacles oh Jesus <laughs> and avoid the fish rape folks it's nasty as hell yeah Again, don't both, google that yeah don't don't Google that. That'll put you on a list. Or, or do, but make sure you have a VPN. Yeah, make sure you have a VPN. You'll be <laughs> fine then. All right, folks. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this episode. Kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch.
taking that out. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. That's, please Ooh. do. There, there's yeah, a level out. of partaste that's even too much for us. Yeah, sir. I mean, holy cow. <laughs> you are an animal over there. And you call us garbage people. <laughs> if we weren't recording, I would tell you my favorite joke I've ever heard that you can only tell to like three people you know. I'll tell you when we're all clear, and then you can tell us the and joke. And if you're telling us yeah. that fucking joke, you yeah, can't have a absolutely. lead in like that, not yeah. tell us. That's the Legion Podcast After Dark. That's the Patreon <laughs> shit. Good lord, we how does it get any more after dark than this? Oh, it could. Yeah. It could? We could start reviewing porn. It could be oh. totally after dark. Oh my dark. god. I would hey, totally be Hero Hero Go Show. You know? <laughs> what are we going to do to review porn? Well, Matt, we're going to review Adult Nurses 5. Uh, did you get through the first five minutes? No? Okay, well, that's done. No, you have to sit through all of it. <laughs> oh, god. Even after you finish, then you just feel <laughs> bad about yourself. And you have to critique each of the scenes, yes. <laughs> all right, sorry. No, it's all right. You're the ruler of the network. You get to sing on the show if you want. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes, you know, the reanimator music hits you. Far between, did he ever really, really ball out cry like that annoying level? Yeah. But you, you still have a handful of times. No matter what kind of kid you have, you're going to have a handful of times. Uh-huh. And you do. It's like PTSD, man. You get flashbacks and you go, no, no, not again. Hey, Bo, you know what? I think I'm going to have to move Eraserhead up on the remedial horror list and make Matt do the coverage for that. Wait, why? What's going on? It's, man. Talk <laughs> about a movie that you're not the same after. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You, you hate babies crying, huh? Oh, God. That's... So, so, you hate babies crying just as much as I do. <laughs> kind of a trigger for you. There we go. That note is taken, and Eraserhead moves up the list. I really gotta stop talking. <laughs> you learn that so slowly. <laughs> no, I do. And then you forget it every week. I do. Because, or what else am I doing on this show? Just Other than just sitting here watching you work. <laughs> <laughs> You just need someone to look at you in awe while you do things. I don't even think you want me talking during the show. You get me. <laughs> You're so <laughs> quiet, man. I totally dropped right. my pen. Yeah, you seconds. totally dropped your pen. <laughs> He's sitting here. Hold on. We'll keep going. You're going to find it. Curse my love of the dark. I can't see a thing in this place. So we're going to move on without my pen. I'm going to do my but, best to, to try and find you my You find place. another pen there. It, it writes semi some of the time. Uh, so. All right. So where were we talking it about? It only writes the word semi. It seems weird action for a pen. Yeah, well, it's talking about your erections. They're only ever a semi. Well, it's the, a, yeah, it's the when official you're talking about this kind of alcohol pen. abuse. <laughs> You whiskey dick bastard. <laughs> I, uh, I, sorry, I had a note here and then I lost it. Uh, sorry, fuck it. I'm so, I am so sorry. <laughs> Just roll on without me. Okay. Well, if you get it, we can always go back to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Uh, it's no problem. I can punch it in for you. All right. So after this clip, we see a. Let's see here. I can't even read my own handwriting. So now you just bought yourself more time. You could just take the song. I think we're alone now. Not that, not that Debbie Gibson. Or yeah, Tiffany I know, I know. The, the, original. the original. Yeah, right? yeah. And just play that like. I was pretty sure that's what you meant. Yeah. But I was hoping you did mean the Debbie Gibson one, because that would mean something else. <laughs> I don't. I don't hate it. It's not horrible. There's much worse poppy covers of classic songs, but you take the original song, yeah. you lay it over top of that scene of the couple running around, and then you cut in what happens after they get caught by the fish people at the very end of the song when they. I think you're alone yeah. now. So it's coming up. Uh, you have the ultimate fucking rock video that no one will ever watch. Yes. <laughs> right. You have the dark side of the moon, and it's like, all right, when you see the claw come out of the water, you drop the needle. <laughs> oh, man, this totally lines up. <laughs> I can't.
There were no marijuanas injected to make me find any way, shape, or form that that matched up with the song. I'm not doing this Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon experiment. <laughs> That's not happening. That's totally happening. That's not happening. That's it. That probably, most definitely, probably, maybe, but definitely did happen. <laughs> You'll be injecting the marijuanas, and then we'll do the experiment and see if How it many up. marijuanas? Maybe two. I don't want to make you gay with three. <laughs> Is that is that the line at the, three? You're the magic like, number's three, and then you are completely gay. It, it, right. According to all of the anti-marijuana Christian boards that I've seen, yes. Three marijuana injections, and you're automatically a homosexual. Two, you're pregnant. Three, <laughs> you're homosexual. Yeah, you hit... If you're at two and a half, you're fine. You hit the three, and you'll think nothing but dick. No, two and a half, you're an addict. Two and a half, you're an addict. All it takes is one marijuana to be an addict. Oh, and yeah, then, but at least you don't want the dick. But it has a cumulative effect, and eventually you're going to want the dick. <laughs> that's a that's, that's a, a clip. Yeah, that's a clip. That's totally a clip. Unlike the guy mm-hmm. from Jimmy John's who fucked a shark corpse. You know, just saying. <laughs> There's Wait, photos. What? You didn't hear about that? No, what? There's, there's photos of that shit. There's that photos? happens. The, the guy from Jimmy John's is on top of a dead shark that he just caught. Like the owner of the yeah. Jimmy John's? Naked, like he's humping it out on a dead shark. Oh. <laughs> By Jimmy John's kids. They like to fuck dead sharks, apparently. God damn, that guy's fucked. That's, yeah, that's a thing. That's I saw a thing. That. Yeah. It's a thing. Thank, Thank you. you, Dave. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> I can't get past the cornbread now. <laughs> no. <I've... laughs> Do we need to take a cornbread break so we can all uh, get some cornbread and become now the Now we're going to have to stop and get cornbread on the way fucking home. Who even has cornbread this late at night? You're going to have to have that made special. I know. Yeah. Particularly well. in Omaha, which is the most white bread town you're going to find. Uh-huh. But I would assume that the cornbread just grew on trees there or something. <laughs> That's the Midwest, home of cornbread. <laughs> That's definitely the home of corn. You think the bread would just grow up? in stocks. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Maybe we should get some genetic modification going to grow cornbread. Well, yeah, because that never goes bad. No, not in any way, shape, or form. And ends oh, up in my fish rape. God. Corn <laughs> annoids from the fields. <laughs> Basically, children of the corn part 15 now, I think they're up to. <laughs> right, where they're all just mutants. <laughs> Made out of Man, cornbread. Cornbread's delicious, yeah. but it's raping everyone I know. <laughs> and making cornbread babies. It's really weird. <laughs> and delicious. I mean, they're so good with butter. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all they could afford. They probably got the local high school and they're like, hey, you guys just want to show up and, you know, do this on film. <laughs> hey, your kid's busy. Get your uniform. They had a Ferris wheel. They had I a need marital. you to dress up for me. <laughs> oh, God. That's his Billy Zane. It's yeah. so oh, creepy. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm, that shook me to my core. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> when he does that on the Twin Peaks show yeah. and I'm wearing my headphones listening to the podcast, oh. it's like he's in my brain and it hurts. <laughs> I know. Oh. And it's so much worse with these headphones, oh. but they're much better than when I listen to podcasts. Oh, with. wow. <laughs> that hurt, Bo. Thanks. That's, I'm, I don't know if I can go on. <laughs> you can. Stop okay. being a pansy. <laughs> Just butch up here. I'm, I'm so glad I could help. <laughs> Good <laughs> God, Bo. You're welcome. I'm not listening to this show in bed, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm going it's, to sleep. It's the power that, uh, I mean, it's as much a curse as anything. Uh, All right. So speaking of rapey voices that make you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> and a couple of us. I don't know why I keep saying his full name. Jimmy. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll trim it down to Jimmy for you. All right. Uh, I'll give you his address later. Um, <laughs> and so, I'll post it. And <laughs> sure. here's Good. the social security number and list of fears. Good. You're going to want to go after him by the end of this story. So... <laughs> Uh, oh no! You know it's so easy when when talking about this stuff to do the Billy Zane. 
Like, it's, it's hard not to. <laughs> right? That's how much it's taken over my life. <laughs> yeah, if you slip into Billy Zane while we're talking about this stuff, that may be a, a podcasting trauma. We'd have to spin off series. Yeah, right. Listening yeah. to a podcast that caused you, you trauma. You, you remember when Bo did Billy Zane? Uh, while talking about being shot with a BB gun uh, and watching a fish rape movie? Which I still but, in therapy. The, the thing that's funny about it to me is that it sounds nothing like Billy Zane. <laughs> right. It, it's just, uh, <laughs> it's so dumb. But yeah, like I, I, I would love to do a podcast that's just like, you know, uh, listener questions, like an advice show <laughs> and just do nothing but that character for like 30 minutes of telling people like how to get stains out and stuff. Hey, Bo, what's the best way to diversify, diversify my funds at a 401k account? Mm, you're definitely going to want to keep everything diverse <laughs> spreading around. <laughs> Remember, if you've got your finger in one thing, that leaves four more that are lonely. Well, it's official. My penis is just for show. (laughs) It's so weird. I know. But it has a cumulative effect, and eventually you're going to want the dick.